Yeah, yeah Cassandra, really, how's it going? Good. It's going great. <laughs> I'm psyched. Um, and now we're immediately going to go to like more sad news, and we'll talk about a lot of this Antifa stuff. So, um, all right, we'll just try and get back on track, I guess. Thanks for hanging out. Smash the like button again, because we working, we're working very hard in real time. You're watching us. And uh, joining me, of course, is Cassandra Fairbanks, not for the fifth hey. time. And uh, let's talk about the first story, man. Jake Gardner. This is a sad one. Actually, I cover heartbreaking things every day. Like, I cover terrible things and tragedy and things that really upset me. But this one hit me in, like, a completely different way. I mean, I was sobbing while I wrote it. I'm going to get really angry as we talk about this, just so you know. Jake Gardner was a small business owner. The businesses nearby his his bar were attacked. His dad, I guess, was telling the guys, like, back off and, like, shoved one of them or something. And then you, there's a video of all this. The dude runs up and, and just decks Gardner's dad. A 70-year-old man. 70-year-old man. So Gardner shows that he's got a weapon. These guys start walking towards him. And you, you of course, you've seen one of the, the videos where you can hear the audio. Yeah. And he's saying, don't do it. Right? He's like, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. And he's backing up, retreating. And they attack him. They attack him. They knock him into the ground. He fell in water, I think. Right? He fell into like a puddle in the street. Yeah. And then this guy, I think his name is James Skurlock, correct? Yes. Jumps on his back with the, with his hand, arm around his neck. Uh, Gardner had already warned them several times. He fired two warning shots. Two guys run off. Dude jumps on his back. And then he switches the gun to his left hand, reaches over and fires, shooting the dude in the clavicle, killing him. They took everything from this guy. So I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to tell us just like the elaborate on the details? Cause you've been talking to his friends and stuff. Yeah. So they, they, he lost his business. He lost uh, his everything. His, his apartment. Life. I mean, everything. Everything was taken from him. I mean, friends turned on him. His friends? whole life was uprooted, you know? Um, I mean, acquaintances, people that he knew, like people who went to his bar, people who worked at his bar, all these people were coming out against him. And it was really sad because it was so, it was so clear that it was self-defense. And um, why he got indicted. Yeah. Well, the district attorney originally said, this is self-defense. It's clear-cut. You know, he didn't do anything yeah. wrong. And then protesters started showing up at the district attorney's house. They were threatening to riot. Um, it was a disaster. And so the city caved in and they hired a special prosecutor. Um, he decided to bring it before a grand jury. Came up with four charges. I think the maximum he was going to face was 95 years. Um, and, and then the day outrageous. The day he was supposed to turn himself in, they found him. Reportedly with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yeah, and 20 minutes from Portland. What was he doing on the West Coast? Um, well, he had lost everything. So I've heard that he was staying with his uncle out on the West Coast. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. He had, so the landlord kicked him out. Yeah. I hope that landlord never rents that property again. And the landlord for the bar, the, the bar where he was leasing, or the building That's he what was I mean, leasing. Yeah. yeah. But his apartment, too. I he got believe. kicked out of his apartment? Yeah. Wow. Wow. So And GoFundMe shut his shut his defense down. Yep, but you can raise all the bail money you want for rioters. Kamala Harris can ask for bail money for the rioters. Yeah. This is why we're in the middle of nowhere and why we actually struggled to get the stream going today and why Ian can't talk and why Lydia can't talk either because the mics aren't working. I think my mic's working. You think it's working? I think so, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think here talk. Hi. Hey everybody. Mm -hmm. I finally got a chance to say something. Oh. What's up? Hey, manhandle that mic. You can like pull it forward and all turn right, it. All right, so all right, all right. I think your mic is working. Hey. People are like, Ian, we can hear you. <laughs> okay, enough. 
But we can't hear ourselves. Okay. Anyway, anyway, I'm like, we're, we're, we're past all of that. We're past. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of nowhere because this is not the first time we saw a story of someone being attacked by the mob. And this is the craziest thing. This dude was retreating, backing away. Don't do it. And then he fired warning shots. He clearly did not want to hurt anybody. The craziest thing about the indictment of this guy is that they claimed that it was the use of a firearm while committing a felony. And the felony was terroristic threats. And the terroristic threats were him saying, don't do it. Back away. Yeah. And that he was uh, on fire patrol, like making sure that his building didn't burn down. Yep. Like what on what planet are we on? What country are we in? This happened to you. Yeah. They came to your house. Mm hmm. And then their allies and media desperately tried to claim you made it up. Yeah, they ran cover for the people who came to my house. They were like, oh, they just shot fireworks down the street. Like, you know where I lived. Yep. I was not in downtown. I wasn't in a very city area. Um, relative to this. Well, <laughs> we're, we're, we're gone. This, yes. <laughs> like, we're in the mountains now. But, I mean, they claimed to have talked to my neighbors, said that it didn't happen. When in reality, like Alan Bakari from Breitbart and my boyfriend went and talked to my neighbors and they were like, no, we didn't talk to. He any, made it up. Any right wing out or any right wing right watch. Wing watch. Um, and they were like, no, we like you. Like we came to your Halloween party. Why would we trash you? Yeah. And they were the only house with a BLM sign in their window. So it was like you made up this entire story to run cover for people who just terrorized my child. <laughs> Um, to to um, specify what exactly happened, I know a little bit about it. So I was trolling pretty hard on Twitter, <laughs> admittedly. I went pretty hard during the riots. And the night that they burnt down the church in the white um, in D.C., people had posted my address and my phone number, and they were threatening to come to my house. They were threatening me. They were threatening my child. And I was pretty nervous about it, but I had gotten this kind of stuff a lot before. So I was like, whatever, it'll be fine. You know, I'm just going to keep a loaded gun next to my bed, but no big deal. 4 a.m. hits, the rioters pretty much dispersed. And then all of a sudden, my whole house just like lights up from all sides. And they, they were shooting commercial grade fireworks at my house. I mean, I thought it was gunshots, but they said later that, you know, they, it was probably just the really large fireworks. Um, but then they, they started banging on my windows and, um, it was, how did they, how did they find out where you lived? Uh, through subpoenas <laughs> that got posted online from people trying to get my conversations oh. with Julian Assange, actually. But wow. that's a whole other story. Are these people pro Assange? I don't even understand. No. Are they pro anything? No. It's such a weird. They just want to tear everything down. Yep. I know. Yeah. I, I don't, I have no other way to explain it. So uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I was in conversation with some uh, buddies, you know, like Ian, we, 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 uh, we share a living space along with many other people. And so the day that happened, the, the morning, it was, it, no, no, it was like afternoon. Okay. But the day, it was the afternoon and I was talking to everybody and I was like, listen, man, things are getting spicy. Okay. So you need to understand that the show that I do, the, 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 the people that we have come through here and stuff. This is probably going to be a target too. Like you were trolling pretty hard. Not yeah. like you deserved it or anything like that. But, you know, I don't. And so I was just like, I don't think it matters. I think they'll come for you when they decide whether it's now because Cassandra's pushing back or because I do a story they don't like. And general sentiment, I guess, from everybody was like, okay, you know, we'll see, whatever. Sure. And then the next day, I took a bunch of my recurve bows and I like just propped them up, got them ready. 
And the general sentiment was, what's going on? And the general response was, they shut up to Cassandra Fairbanks's house. They were banging on windows. They were firing fireworks at it. And it's only a matter of time before they start targeting lesser, like, I don't want to say lesser known in, in, in regards to us because we're not like mainstream media or anything. But like Tucker Carlson's like the top tier, biggest cable channel, period. Right. Our cable show. So they went to his house. Right. Now they're going to other people's houses. It's going to keep moving in. The window of acceptable discourse where you're safe from this is going to get smaller and smaller. Um, chat's asking yeah. to turn Cassandra up a little bit. And when you <laughs> have it, point it right at your okay. face. Is this and, better? Yeah, speak into it like it's a tube. <laughs> also, I a have uh, tooth aligners in, oh, yeah, so I'm talking right. terribly. I'm sorry. But th- th- this is the problem of not having headphones. <laughs> yeah. Because you can hear yourself, and then you're like, oh, I'm really quiet. And when you don't have it, you know. Yeah. But uh, we're we're in the middle of nowhere, having trouble with setting up the studio simply because, I mean, I gotta be honest, it's a combination of I work too much. If I took one day off, we could have built the studio properly. But I'm like, no, I'm going to keep working. I have another studio downstairs. And uh, getting away from the cities because this is happening. And as things have gotten crazier and crazier, I'm, I'm just like, dude, I'm not having it. I, we, we, I, I, I know I've said it a million times. But it's not just this Omaha, Omaha bar owner. They went to that guy's house in Milwaukee. Yep. Let's talk about this guy in Milwaukee. So uh, what, 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 was the, what was the story? He was a racist they, well, they, they the- claim that he was racist, but he got into a fight with his black neighbor. Um, don't know what it was about. I'm assuming it was some kind of like neighborhood dispute about the yard or whatever. She told a bunch of people on social media that he was racist. And there's this uh, protest group in Milwaukee and they're throwing like, I think it's justice protest parties or something. And what it is, is they're doxing people, posting their addresses in this group and showing up on their front lawns to protest and terrify them and intimidate them and threaten them. I mean, they were outside his house for three hours screaming threats into so th- a bullhorn. This is a regular guy. Yeah, regular they, guy. They said he's a racist. Yeah. So that three hours in front of his house mm-hmm. and he got arrested. Yep. And the police were like nowhere <laughs> to be found. They were streaming the whole time, proudly streaming themselves, threatening him. And he's sitting inside his house, didn't confront them, didn't say anything to them, but he had, he visibly had a shotgun. Yeah. Like he wanted he to make it He pointed at the window. I don't think he opened the window though. Yeah. I'm not even sure if he really like pointed it or if he was like adjusting his position. Like maybe he was moving, getting off his elbow. It wasn't like he was like, I, I think didn't, he pointed it. I don't know. I think he pointed it. I don't care if he did personally. Right. Like get off my lawn. I'm that lady. So we, so there's, there's, there's so much here that is deeper than just this story. And first, I'll just say my biggest criticism is, is how the media pr- runs defense yeah. all the time, nonstop. So this, this, this pro, th- these mobs that have been showing up and doing this, they've gone to other houses where in one instance, they almost burnt it to the ground. They set it on fire and there was a mob outside. Two people got shot. I, I should say people, two, two teenagers, 14 year olds got shot mm-hmm. during this. Like they were looking for missing girls that weren't actually missing. This is the same group. Too. Same group. Yeah. Same, same group, same guy, same mm-hmm. uh, community activist. And so that, that's, that, that's the point. So imagine you're sitting at home. It's Saturday night. You cracked open a couple of brews. You're watching, you know, watching the game or I don't know. He's probably, that guy probably was not watching the game. He's probably watching Netflix or something. What's on Amazon? I don't no, know. No Netflix. Netflix. No Sorry. Netflix. He got rid of Netflix. He's, a, he's had a Trump flag. That guy got rid yeah, of Netflix. He for got sure. rid of Netflix. He had a Trump flag in front of his house. The mob shows up. It's the same guy who was at the other house where they shot two kids and they set fire to the house twice. And so what's he thinking? He grabs his gun. Right. Then they say because he was drunk. And so this is something that Lydia brought up. It's a really good point. Imagine you're chilling at home and you're drinking. And you're not wasted, but you have a couple beers. And then a mob shows up and threatens your safety. 
I'm not saying that the writers or the, the Black Lives Matter people are going to break in or anything. I'm just saying, let's imagine a scenario where you happen to have been drinking when someone's about to break into your house. Yeah. If you defend your house, then are they going to say, oh, you're drunk. Sorry. Yeah, it's insane. Even if you're even if he was wasted, he should be able to defend his house. It's it's it, just incredible to it me. It seems like because they were on the street and not on his property. They definitely entered onto his property. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, they I were knew- definitely on his lawn at several points. Wow. Like they were not, you know, respecting property boundaries or anything. They don't believe in property. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that Black Lives Matter removed their mission statement? No, I did not. Yeah, it's gone from their website, apparently. Whoa. That was the only thing I had on their side. Their mission statement? Yeah. Disrupting the nuclear family? It was about economic equality. They had a few points where I was like, how can I get, how can I understand what they want, like, positively? I don't trust anything these people have to say anymore. Not like I trust Republicans all that much. But when they repeatedly say that they're fighting for justice, but then literally attack, like, they're they're not, they're not fighting against racism. They're attacking black and brown people. When, I, I think it's, I think... I, I have to wonder if the goal is to make more and more people just vote for Donald Trump. Regular. I mean, it's going to work. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would not be voting for Trump this year if this wasn't happening. Really? Yeah, I'm you upset about the Julian Assange thing. I voted for Trump. I, you know, I believe in a lot of his policies, his campaign promises. I am right wing, but um, I'm very upset with what he's doing to Julian Assange, and I would sit it out in protest if. Democrats weren't running around being domestic terrorists. Were you always, you weren't always right wing. No, you know, so, I, I, know <laughs> I know, I know, but for the audience, sake, you were like a big Bernie. Yeah, like you were Bernie out there with Black bro. Lives Matter. Yeah, I mean, I was writing for a libertarian website that was pretty harsh on police and pretty anarchist bent. Um, and I went and covered Ferguson and I was very upset about the Kelly Thomas case in Orange County, which was a man who actually was innocent and was beat to death by police, um, in a very shocking video. Um, so when they first came out, I was like, cool, people are going to talk about this. Maybe we can get justice for Kelly Thomas. Awesome. Rock on, do your thing. And then I just, as I watched what they were doing, I just became more and more disenchanted with it and completely repelled me eventually i remember you told me a story about how you got you actually got attacked for being white yeah and you're not even i mean i don't know what you're sort of i'm a sort of you 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 told me that's what it's called so i was like oh okay yeah but they but like it's 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 kind of interesting how when they started attacking other minorities who didn't agree with them mm-hmm. they started saying it's whiteness instead of being instead of you're white it used to be like you're a white male then it was like when Candace Owens would come around or, or people like you or me, it's like, it's whiteness. Yeah. <laughs> like, now it's just the concept of, which can be adopted by anybody. Now, you're white, Ian. Well, I've got so a you friend have... who's a, a black albino. It's the most mind-bending thing. He's African-American. Probably white in their, he, on their chart. He's as white as me, but he no, identifies but... <laughs> as, Af- as black. It's just not, I mean, those... It depends those... if he's right or left wing. Then they'll figure out what his color or what, you wow. know, his ethnicity is, I think. Maybe the whole goal is to just remove this concept of race in general. Like they say it. They they don't believe race exists. They think there's no genetic component to any of it. And then when you start saying, when, when they start saying that, like, well, remember that article, I think it was Huffington Post, that black men are the white people of black people? Yeah. Yeah. Things like that, where it's like... I think that they genuinely have an issue with white people. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if I agree on that one. I think that they gen- genuinely, like, it's becoming very apparent that there's a massive 
disdain, particularly for men, but for women too. The whole Karen meme and right. what they did to Amy Cooper. Um, they there's just this weird. It's almost like revenge. Like they're trying to get revenge or something. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think it's revenge. I think it's just a cultist scapegoat. Yeah. Well, they simultaneously say that Donald Trump is scapegoating immigrants. It's like when you talk about all this whiteness and white privilege, like literally the concept of whiteness, where they you, you saw the thing in the Smithsonian where they claimed that time and hard work are, are traits of white people. It's like, yeah, OK, like so there, there's an old joke. I don't know if you guys have seen the John Cleese thing where he's like, this is a simplified version. It's an old joke. And then it's been expanded upon where he's like. If you want to be a, a right wing fellow, here's a list of people you can hate. And then he goes through all the people like the right supposedly hates. And then he's like, now, nah, if you find yourself wanting to be a left wing extremist, here's a list of people that you can choose to hate. And then he goes through a list of people. And the funny the joke about it is that at the end, he says he's like when he's talking about when, he, when he's talking about the right wing people. Or, I'm sorry, the people that right wing hates. He ends with and moderates. <laughs> and then when he goes to the left wing people, he ends once again with moderates, like both sides hate him. But there's an there's an expanded joke uh, where it's like. If you want to be a traditional conspiracy theorist, all right, then you're angry at the Illuminati. They control the banks. They start all the wars. They're responsible for all the impression, oppression. Now, if you're a neo-Nazi, well, then you just replace Illuminati with the word Jew. If you're an Occupy Wall Street activist, you replace the word Jew with the 1%. If you're an intersectionalist, you replace the 1% with white people or whiteness. They always say basically the same things about all of the groups they believe are oppressing them. And none of it is true. It's just extremism. But I will say it's kind of coming full circle, too. It's really interesting. In that uh, a book, I don't know if you guys saw it, the, uh, In Defense of Looting. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I've seen it. I, I, Apparently, there's like a, a, a portion of it where they say that uh, Jewish people and Asians are like the face of capital or something. That's their claim. <laughs> and it's like. That sounds horribly racist and anti-Semitic. Where well, are you going with this? The New Black Panther Party protested a Chinese restaurant in D.C. What? Remember? <laughs> one oh one was that? Why? Uh, I don't even remember why they were just. <laughs> but it was a few months ago. They went. It was uh, what's the name of the restaurant? It was in D.C. I've been there before. Really good. Um, they showed why were they up. protesting it? I don't remember. But no, it was whatever. like the most ridiculous thing. And they were. I think they were claiming that like. Yeah, yum, yum yums. yums. That's what it was. Why were they protesting it? <laughs> I wrote about it and I'm completely blanking. It's been a really extreme day today. <laughs> we're definitely going to get this but, all fixed and then have you come back like later in the week yeah. for sure. But they, um, yeah, they were saying basically that Asians are white people now too. So that's why they, that's why they say BIPOC. <laughs> yeah. Black, indigenous, black, comma, indigenous, comma, people of color. Asians don't count. Yeah. So it's really bad for someone like me, you know, like they really hate me. Yeah. I was at uh, I was at a, a protest in I think it was Seattle at uh, UW University of Seattle Washington, and there was a guy who was like ranting about the the goal of the Nazis was to merge with the Asian race to create the and I'm like wait 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 hold on what <laughs> you just made that I was like dude the Nazis and, and Japanese were like allied and I'm like they never actually met at any point in battle like they were separated by half the planet. Like, that's ridiculous. The Nazis were like all about, like, they were ridiculously racist. They, that's not true. But they just make these things up to explain why it is that Asian immigrants do really well. I learned something really crazy, too. Filipino immigrants to the U.S. make way more on average than the average American. Really? Yeah, that surprised me. That's interesting. Be, uh, it, it surprised me because, you, uh, like, of all of the East Asian na nations, Southeast Asian, I would have assumed that, like, Filipinos would come here and be on par with, like, the average salary. 
Average is average, right? They do better. And I think it's, it's, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't look at the numbers for all the other, you know, countries of origin, but I guess there's probably like, um, legal immigrants probably make more money. I mean, they're willing. I, I don't think it's anything to do with, with, uh, here's, I think what it has to do with is that these people are in their country saying, I'm going to work hard to go somewhere to improve myself. That kind of perseverance and mentality, they then come here and they keep working. They don't stop and they find that path to opportunity. But I found that really, really interesting because there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of arguments when the left tries to talk about Asian people and say that they're not, you know, uh, that they're not, a, or that they're not a marginalized group, that they're actually oppressors because they're so privileged. They're typically, we're talk, they're, they're typically talking about Chinese immigrants and Indian immigrants, and they ignore all of the other more, like less wealthy Asian nations. But even the immigrants from many of these countries do better than the average American. I think we, we as Americans have a culture problem where we don't teach our kids to work hard. Thus, we end up with a bunch of people marching around, smashing things, arguing that they, they're owed something. They deserve things, but they're not like, they're not working towards it. Right. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a piece of advice too. The best advice is just do stuff. Cause like, I could have said, we're not going to do the show because we couldn't, because everything was broken. And I'm like, I don't know, whatever, man, we're going to do it. And we're going to have a broken night or whatever. You just got to work hard. You got to, you got to try. You got to make stuff happen. But now it, it, it ends up where these people are getting into government. They're controlling schools, institutions. And you know what? You know what? I'll tell you this. I'm going to make a bold, bold statement. Part of me, when these people yell, like cops are bad or whatever, I immediately think, man, these cops who, who, uh, arrested small business owners, these cops who went to the McCloskey's house and took their guns. I mean, those cops for sure, I think are bad. Yeah. And it's incredible because when you're watching the video of them in Milwaukee, they they called the police on that man. These people who hate cops and are anti-cop, they called the police and said he has a gun in his house. <laughs> and then you can hear him on his own live stream snitching on the guy being like, he was pointing the gun. He was go get him. Go get him. And the and cops were like, OK, they cheered for the police while they pulled him out of the house. And I was like, you raving hypocrites. I, I mean, they? we can't swear on here, luckily, because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have you, words. <laughs> you can swear if you want. No, we, I always just tell fine. people that like so. So so just so everyone who's watching knows. I always tell people, swear, say whatever you want, but just realize, like, YouTube might penalize your content. So if you're, you know, right. no, you, you, know, you want to say your thing. I'm just saying, I, I have thoughts. To clarify, there's no video of the guy pulling the shotgun, pointing, pointing <laughs> or anything. Well, in the video, pointing. yeah, the, the protesters or whatever you want to call them, the mob, um, they were live streaming it themselves onto this Facebook group, which is just doxing people's addresses and things like that. Um, and you could see him in the window holding the gun, Okay. but he never confronted them. He never threatened them. They were threatening him with the bullhorn and the police weren't there to do anything. They didn't stop these people. They didn't. I mean, it was, it was like a scene from beauty and the beast when they're like Gaston's riling up the crowd <laughs> and they're heading on horses up to the castle, except everybody was screaming in- incoherently and listening to Cardi B. It was really bad. <laughs> That's a really good analogy. Or yeah. not, not even an alley. Like, that's literally what it is. <laughs> yeah. Gaston and the people to go riot. It's the beast. He's a beast. Go. We got to go. Bring yeah. your pitchforks. And it's like some drunk dude, like, chung in his living room, like, just watching Amazon or something. Who knows? I don't yeah. know he must have been terrified. I was terrified. I have never been more afraid. And I think it's because my daughter was there. But, and, she, you know, she'll tell you all about it if you ask her. But um, 
I've never been more afraid because I didn't know how many people were out there. I didn't know if they were going to burst through my windows. They were hitting my window with like what sounded oh, when, like when a they stick. Came to your house, you're yeah, and and I was so afraid. And normally I can handle myself pretty well. I think I'm pretty scrappy. I've been in my share of fights, but when you don't know how many people are out there, you don't know if they're going to come into your house. You don't know if they're going to burn your house down. I mean, there was flames shooting at my house. Um, it's really scary. And I was holding a gun the same way he was. And I was ready to shoot. I was like, the second I see one of them pop through the window, my life is over, but my daughter is going to be safe. It reminds me <laughs> of like a zombie movie when they, they see the windows and there's a silhouette banging on the yeah. window and then like the hands break through. That's what it ah, felt like. And you got to like take a bat and like bash the arms. Ah, a lot yeah. of times you hear the stories about stuff like that, but you always read it after the fact when they didn't take it to the next level. Right. But when you're in the moment, you don't know if it's about to. Yeah. I was pleading with 911. I was like, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, when are you guys going to be here? And they were like, I don't know. There's people are spread out all over the city because there's riots. The, that's, that's why. <laughs> and I was just like, well, what am I supposed to do? And um, I was like, all right, I'm going to. I had a revolver. So I was like, I only have six shots. I'm going to take out the biggest one and make sure it's the men because the women probably won't hurt my daughter. I mean, I, the things that went through my head were crazy. I mean, I think about it now and I'm frightened of my own thoughts. Do you but, feel comfortable talking about what kind of weapon you had? I don't know if because some people say not to. Oh, sorry. I just said it. Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm talking about like you, you said you had a revolver. Yeah. But what kind? You know what I mean? Oh, I don't even remember what it was. Like I'm, the caliber of bullet really matters. I don't really want to get right, too, right, right, too right, right, right. into it. Well, I, I bought a bunch of guns. You sure did. I sure did. What, what was 911's <laughs> advice when you when you asked? They told me to calm down. And I mean, the lady was very like unsympathetic. And I, I at one point I was like, well, how long is it going to take to get here? And she was like, well, I'm not coming. And I'm like, OK, thanks. <laughs> she said, I'm not. Yeah. Coming. And meanwhile, my daughter is staring at me like, what is going on? And I'm telling her to like go lay on the floor next to her bed in case I have to kill people. And this lady's just like, well, I'm not the one that's coming. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, what what is happening? Um, and that was when I really like that was the part that was the scariest. I felt like there was nobody that was going to come help me because everybody you could hear sirens everywhere, but they were going to fires. They were going, you know, there was riot stuff happening everywhere. That's that happened in New York during the riots where this guy said he like, called 911 because someone had broken into his building and they were fighting. Yeah. And the response he got from 911 was, sir, our city is under attack. What would you have us do? Yeah, that's basically what they said to me. You know, it's really, I got really angry today. So my main segment was, um, uh, I was talking about this on my main channel. Pro-life Democrats took out a full page ad in the New York Times saying the Democrats have gone crazy on abortion and that if they don't moderate their position, they're going to lose 30% of their voter base to Donald Trump. Because like, I, I, I talked to, to Steven Crowder about this on his show, conservative, pro-life. And I was like, I'm pro-choice, but these people are nuts. And Crowder basically said the Republicans are offering up negotiations to disaffected liberals like, let's have a conversation about it. The left is saying no, like outright. And so anyway, anyway, I bring this up because we ended up seeing this. And there was another story, uh, an article written by Bridget Phetasy. You, you guys know Bridget? Yeah. I do, yeah. Commentator. She's, she's great. And she talked about how she got hundreds of emails from people who are politically homeless. Some of them are conservatives who are going to vote for Biden. But she said, for the most part, it seems like she wouldn't be surprised if Trump wins in a landslide based on the things she was hearing. I was talking about this. I started to get more and more heated because the, the, so the other, the other, the other house is in Philly. Uh, the other, like where, where the studio is actually functioning and we're trying to build this one out. And, uh, I, I thought we were safe. I thought we were totally fine. I lived in New York 
And I remember the protests were getting a little crazy. And I was like, this is years ago. So I'd see him periodically and I'd be like, whatever, they're just marching around. It's no big deal. But if civil unrest gets bad, I don't want to be here. Then some bombs got planted. I have no idea what that was about. I don't think it was about uh, like political or anything like that. And politics. But I had moved from New York to Jersey, partly because two cops got executed in front of my house. Uh, I look out my window. I look down the street, not this intersection right here, but the next one over. So it was literally just like one block over. Two cops, two cops were sitting in their car and a guy came up and said, he posted on Instagram, you take two of ours, you take two of yours, killed these two guys. And so I realized like, there's some, there's some political problems coming. So I moved to the suburbs eventually. I'm like in Jersey. I was in Jersey. That's when the bombs happened. And I was like, I can't live here. This is getting too crazy for me. I'm, and, and like, my thing is I traveled all around the world covering all of this conflict and crisis. So I don't want it anywhere near where I live because I see what that stuff is like. So when it started getting worse, I'm like, I'm leaving. I moved to the, to the Philly suburbs outside, like not even that close to Philly. It's on the other side of the road. It's in Jersey. And I was like, we are safe here. There are but trees surrounding us. We have very few neighbors. Everybody smiles and waves. The cops are right over there and they smile. How's it going, Tim? Hey, good to see you, officer friendly. And the riot started. And then we heard the helicopters. And I'm sitting in, in my, in my, in the other studio and it's like crazy sirens everywhere. Helicopters. I go outside on the deck and I look. I'm like, they're within a few miles of my house. This is ridiculous. So you know what I did? I bought a bunch of guns. And I had said in January, I'm never buying guns. Never want to go to my house. No guns. No guns. We call the police. The police couldn't respond to these people. They couldn't respond to you. So I went out and bought weapons. I heard your story where the, the 911's like, we can't do anything. You're on your own. You had a gun. And I'm like, man, I better do something about this. Yeah. Then Joe Biden tweets out, we're going to ban weapons of war. We're going to come for assault weapons. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. You, you defund you the police. <laughs> you defund the police. You support these people. And then I say, okay, fine. I'll take care of myself. I'm going to go buy weapons. I'm going to keep my, my house safe, my friends safe. And then you tweet, you're going to take my guns away now? <laughs> these people are out of their minds. They're arresting people defending themselves. The McCloskey's, the guy in, in, in Milwaukee, this poor man in, in Omaha, Whose, his business was being attacked and they not, they decked his 70 year old dad and he warned them back up. Don't do it. And they attack him anyway and they indict him. So now yeah. we're in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Now, now there is the best part. If you come within a, <laughs> if you come anywhere near my house, you're on my property. Yeah. In a castle doctrine state. Same. Um, <laughs> I'm like. I mean, I'm really out there and the closest, I mean, my mailbox is a mile away from my house. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm an actual about. mile from my house. So, I mean, if anyone comes anywhere near me, I, I even thought about putting landmines in on my, on you, my You street. can't legally do that, can you? I probably not. The mice or the, the <laughs> squirrels will blow up. <laughs> oh, no, the squirrels aren't, don't weigh enough. I do like the squirrels. But the deer might trigger yeah, the yeah. deer. You know, what have, they, you, know, you know what they do in, uh, I think, I, I could be wrong about the country. I think it's in... Um, Cambodia, because they have all of the landmines from the Khmer Rouge. I think I think it's, it's Cambodia, right? They just send goats out. Oh Aww. man! And then the goats, goats like just go like nah, boosh. I want to get goats. So somebody yeah. invented this thing. It's like a big yeah. ball with a bunch of like sp- like mops, like sticks sticking out of it, and plates, and it just rolls around detonating the land de- detonating landmines. But anyway, <laughs> the, the the general idea is uh, my understanding is that New Jersey is semi castle doctrine. You can defend yourself only if you have no choice. Like, you have to retreat first. But if you're cornered, you can defend yourself with appropriate force. And so I'm like, so if someone breaks into my house, right? These are the questions I have. If someone breaks into my house and there's the back door right behind me, but my friends are upstairs, 
Do I just say, bye, everybody. You're on your own. I'm the one with the gun, but I'm gone because I'm not going to prison for you. Or do I go upstairs, not retreating, confronting the person breaking? Because I'm worried they're going to hurt my friends and family. You really don't even think about the laws when it's happening. Exactly. At least I didn't. I mean, I I propped myself behind a wall where I could see three of the you, – you know how my living room was set up. Yeah. I, I propped myself behind that wall where the bathroom was. And I could see three of the windows, and it was the ones that they were hitting. It sounded like they were hitting it with sticks. Um, and I was like, man, the second they come through. <laughs> Is DC stand your ground or castle doctrine? Um, I think it's duty to retreat. I didn't yeah. even look into it. I was just like, I'm going to have to deal with this. Like, you, know why, you don't have time to think about it. You, but know? You, you know why any state that says you have a duty to retreat is wrong? Because you're and, in your house. But it's true. Where do you retreat to? Yeah. Like, where am I supposed to go? Under Just, my bed? What do you guys want me to I'll do? I'll retreat outside and then be in the woods and then die of exposure or yeah. what? Give them my house. Then I have no food, no shelter, no access to resources. I understand the general idea, but there is so much wrong with, with this concept of you have to retreat. Because here's the other issue. Let's say you're in your house and they say, if someone is going to break in, you have to retreat. So they're banging on your windows and you're like, I better retreat. You run at the back door and there's a guy waiting for you at the baseball well, bat. Well, that was my Crack. problem. They're, they're, they were shooting fireworks at three of the four sides of my house. And then the other side was an alleyway. And that was where they were like banging. So it sounded like there was just people surrounding my house. I thought, I mean, there could have been hundreds of people for all I knew. Like I had no idea because it was like blinding light in every window and so I was like, I could flee out the basement door on the side, but there's stuff flying at those windows. So clearly that's not safe. And I was on a corner. Um, it was it it was bizarre. When you're house, <laughs> when you're surrounded and you are in a duty retreat, and yeah, you, so was, that, what's the legal implication there? If you, I mean, if you retreat into your bedroom and then they come into your house. You open fire. Have you have you legally retreated? No, you have to retreat. Point? But to where? I, I have no idea. Burrow. Like you didn't retreat into, yeah. into the into the back, arms back of door, the villain. Escape, escape, run away. But yeah, but when there's one? a mob, how do you do that? Yep. And um, that, and then you'll get you'll get treated like the Omaha guy. I mean, it could have been one person for all. Or well, it was it probably it was at least two people or three people. But I mean, it could have been one person. It could have been a hundred people. I had no idea. It was just loud and bright. My house was pitch black and it was so bright. It looked like it was noon because um, just from the fireworks. And it, what do you do? Where are you, where do you go? I, I told my daughter to lay on her bedroom floor because at least her bedroom was up on the hill. So it was not on ground level. Not, not only that, it's not just about retreating, but like, what about your kid? Yeah. Is she going to be able to run as fast as you? Is she going to be able to climb the same fences as you or, you know? Yeah. Uh, if it was someone like me and I would, and I guess. I, I, I would imagine that there's some leeway if you're acting in defense of others, but you don't know how the courts are going to treat you. So I understand there's probably a lot of people correcting me because, look, I'm a, I'm a new gun owner. I haven't researched a lot of these laws. Recently reached out to a criminal uh, lawyer about like what I need to do to be legal, moving, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm sure they're going to say, oh, here's what happens if someone breaks in in this state and all that stuff. I get it. But we're, what we're seeing right now is morality policing. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're justified. It doesn't matter if you're right. We got the guy in Omaha literally saying, don't do it and backing away. And they still indicted him. And one of the indictments was quite literally him warning them not to attack him. They were like, well, that was a threat. Yeah. That was a terroristic threat saying what? Back up. Don't do it. Yeah. So even if, even if you did the right thing, you're talking about duty to retreat. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You could run full speed away from your house yelling help. 
And they'll say, oh, but they were, they were, they were trying to incite a riot by yelling help to get everyone to come out and start attacking. Oh, and those make it up. They'll make it up to say, these poor peaceful protesters. It sounds like you've lost faith in the system. Maybe that's on purpose. Or you're losing. Yeah, I think it's intentional. I think they're trying to. I bought guns because I have no faith in the system because I need to make sure I'm safe and you're safe and everyone here is safe. So now the added advantage of being in the middle of nowhere is one of the concerns I have watching that uh, video from Milwaukee, they were standing in the street. And so they can argue, I'm not on your property. I'm on public property while harassing you and maybe even throwing things at your house. Where, where I am now, you come anywhere near my house. You're on my property. You go in the woods. You're on my property. It's a big property in the middle of nowhere. Cut the costs down. But the, the general idea is I want to make sure that anybody who eventually finds their way here somehow, I don't know. No matter what you do, you're on my property. I'll tell you what. We're going to have in-ground auto defense turrets go. Yeah, we're talking about setting up Tesla turrets. I'm kidding. We're not going to have auto defense turrets. A friend of of mine who's also right wing and a little bit controversial, when they they live in a similar area to me about an hour away, same state though, when they moved in, they were like, so what's the law here about if people show up at your house? And the sheriff was just like, if they are, if they're on your property, you shoot them. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to move there. <laughs> yeah. That's so, here where you're at now. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. There are a lot of states like that. Uh, Missouri, for instance. So the McCloskeys, you, you know, you know, yeah, that's terror. That's so sad, man. I, that they're got, that they got charged when they were just brandishing a weapon to scare the people off. They were on private property. They came onto they private pointed property. At them. They pointed it at them. They she she pointed at them yeah. and like walked towards them. So, so the, the issue for me is with all these stories is that uh, I, I always tell people that they're always going to find an excuse because everything moves in increments, right? We're not going to see, in my opinion, or we might, like a bunch of Black Lives Matter people right now running up to a random elderly one's home, beating the crap out of her on a live stream and burning her house down. That's really extreme and everyone would turn on them. But it slowly happens, right? And they have excuses. So first, they go to McCloskey's house. The McCloskeys are eating dinner. They see this mob come in. The gate gets broken somehow. And so they pull out their weapons and say, back off. Then the Black Lives Matter group says, we were peacefully protesting and they pulled guns. Then these leftists go, oh. And the media will never oh. show you the broken gates or any of that, any of the things that they destroyed on their way there for that peaceful protest. So, so it's the increment though, right? Mm-hmm. As long as the regular liberals can go, yeah, but I mean, even though they were trespassing, don't you think it's a little extreme? We pulled out an assault rifle. Then what happens next? Then we get the Milwaukee guy. Now they're standing in front of his house screaming for hours and hours, and he brandishes his weapon, and he gets arrested straight up. And then they say, whoa, wow, I can't believe he was pointing the gun at those peaceful protesters. The next thing that's going to happen is, like, they're going to go to someone's house, and they're going to kick the door in, and they're going to be like, dude, he kicked the door in, but he didn't deserve to die. Yeah. If right now somebody kicked the door in to, like, a random person's house, the me- like the media might have no choice. So like the Andy No incident, you, you, you know, Andy No. Yeah. He got brutally beaten in the street by Antifa. Yeah. The media had no choice. It was such a dramatic escalation from what Antifa had done in the past that everyone was like, whoa, 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 too much, too fast. So Antifa had to pull back a little bit, pull back. Oops, oops. And then after time, they started working on all the hit pieces, the smears, calling him a white supremacist. Now that he's a white supremacist, now the media won't cover it right. if he gets attacked again. So it's increments. I talked about this a long time ago, and I've been predicting they're going to start coming to people's homes. And then they started coming to people's homes. I predicted the morality police will arrest you when you defend your property. Several months ago, I was like, it's only a matter of time before they go to someone's house. Some guys like 
Stay off my property. And the cops are like, it's easier to arrest the homeowner than it is to deal with the mob. And that happened already. And now Omaha is probably the most, the most worrying and terrifying story yet. Jake Gardner, Marine veteran. What are you, two tours in Iraq, I think? Yeah. Bar owner, small business owner, minding his own business, giving warnings, backing away. And they came for everything. And his was, business, his family, his home. He was so much nicer than me or like half the people I know. I mean, did you watch the video of him talking about yeah, the woman's march? really nice guy. Like, I was like, wow, I should be nice like that. And then I was like, wait, no, I shouldn't. He's dead right now because of these people. Um, I wonder if. But he was just so good. Like, and they still made him into a demon. Yeah. Like, I. This is where they busted into the bar, this group. They no, started no, no. smashing no. stuff up. No. What happened? They walked into the bar. So there was like a group smashing up windows in Omaha. And the bar owner's dad came out. And told him, like, something the effect of, like, probably back off. He, he pushed, pushed somebody. He pushed somebody. Okay. And then someone runs up full speed and just, like, drop kicks him or something and slams him to the ground. And he's, like, 70. Disproportionate. Okay. But, I, I, look, the dad should not have shoved somebody. Right. Okay? But it doesn't warrant jumping and decking the guy. Somebody shoves you. You got to know when, like, okay, back off, man. But uh, but it's, it's true. You, you know, uh, criticism where it's due, although it's not the most egregious thing that happened that night. So the son came over, like, yo, what are you doing? Don't, don't mess with my dad. And two guys start encroaching on him. He pulls up his shirt to show, show his weapon. And you can, it's all on video. And he's like, don't do it. I'm, t- I'm warning you. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he's backing away. The two guys attack him. He pulls out his gun. And while they're holding him down, he fires two warning shots. They run away. As he's struggling to get up, it's like on the ground. And he's like staggered. This guy, James Scurlock, jumps on his back, puts him in a chokehold. And then he yells. It was like 18 seconds where he was choking him. He switches the gun to his left, puts it over his shoulder and fires. Then they took everything from him. The, 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 the law? The law came and So first, him. they said it was clear-cut self-defense. The, the DA said, clear-cut self-defense. We got it on video. The dude was on the ground and he got attacked. The landlord for his bar, get out. The landlord for his home, apparently I'm learning from Cassandra. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain that's what I was reading today. Because I, I remember being like, wait, what? That's probably why it was on the West Coast. Yeah. So then he loses everything. His job, his income, his business. And then finally, the last thing he had, freedom. The Black Lives Matter groups went to the, went to the city, protested, rioted, you know, whatever. I shouldn't say rioted because I don't know exactly what they did. But the, the community pressure resulted in the DA saying, OK, special prosecutor. And then the grand jury argued that because he warned them, he was threatening them. And because he was threatening them and had a gun, it was a felony. And then he got a man. So it's like, imagine telling someone, stay away from me. I have a gun. And they say, oh, terroristic threats. You're under arrest. So now you can't warn somebody. Which means if you do shoot, what are we supposed to do? Um, bang, shoot him. No warning. Don't say anything. Because if you say something, they're going to charge you for it. Yeah. They stripped everything from this guy. And he will not be the last. Did he kill himself? Yes. Yeah. Or, or so he, they found him dead with a bullet. Self yeah, but he sent, he sent goodbye texts to a lot of people. So he just, wow. wow. Um, 38, Marine, uh, Marine veteran. I believe it was, it was 38. Two tours, 38. Two tours in Iraq. And he was a small business owner, Marine veteran, regular guy. He volunteered he with the Trump campaign, but he was libertarian leaning. And he was, he was, the video of him that's gone viral is him saying like, the women's marches, it's great that they're expressing themselves. Their criticisms of Trump are warranted. That's how they feel. They have a right to express themselves. I'm happy. They're not violent. Super chill, dude. Super chill. And they started accusing him of being a racist. They started making up lies saying he was posting racist, racist things on Facebook. I, I, I tried to find it. I do my research. I couldn't find anything. Did you see, so there was a Medium article that was viral, and it's kind of what kicked stuff, 
kicked all this off. There was this activist uh, from Omaha, and he he wrote this like long unhinged blog. I mean, it was a conspiracy theory to end all conspiracy theories. But he he was picking apart like the logos of the bars, and one of them was called. Um, I'm blanking on it. I've had a very long day and I'm on very little sleep, but it had a key in the logo, like an old fashioned key. Yeah. And in the the handle part, it was like a plus sign, you know, like a cutout in an old fashioned key. And they said that the plus sign was meant to represent a swastika. <laughs> and they put, I, I am not even kidding. I've posted screenshots of this on my Twitter. I, I didn't want to link to the article itself because it was, I mean, the left gets really unhinged with their conspiracy theories like they make the whole frogs are turning gay thing look really 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 moderate (laughs) really Um, moderate yeah alex jones moderate (laughs) i mean it it makes more sense than anything that they're saying but this it was i'm sorry to be fair to alex jones he was referencing a study on no i know i know but everybody was making them hermaphrodites right and i love yeah i was altering i I really like alex jones i'm not i'm not making fun of him i think he's a national treasure he's hilarious (laughs) but I was just, you know, that's a common conspiracy theory that I could reference from the right. But, um, yeah, they literally put this plus sign from inside the key handle, a tiny detail from this um, logo. And they were like, look at how it matches up next to a swastika. It didn't have any swastika shapes. It was literally a plus sign, a bold plus sign. I, I <laughs> Yeah. It. <laughs> There's the, That's so, how they were trying to destroy this man. It, it's 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 the w- w- there's a valve. The media acts as a valve for politics. It's really interesting. I, it's kind of like we have this weird system where there's politics flowing around, kind of in 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 it. Not that doesn't make sense. But here's the point I'm trying to make. When it comes to personal politics, it only flows in one direction to the right. So the left will kick you out. They'll ban you. They'll attack you. Your opinions are wrong. And the right is just recruiting everybody come on over we'll take everybody we can get and we're gonna win the right was great to me yeah i mean so (laughs) the the easiest analogy is the left is screaming and yelling while the right's offering you a beer yeah and even though they don't agree with you they'll be like let's have a conversation and i i I point this out all the time when i sat down with glenn beck disagreeing on pro-life versus pro-choice and we we laughed together and we shook hands and we're like man we got to figure out how to live live together we disagree and it was, it was a smile. It was, it was like, this is great. We had a great conversation. We, yeah. we respected each other's opinions. We disagree with each other. The left doesn't do that. But there's something else happening when it comes to the media. The media only flows to the left. So it's a weird thing where the, where the people flow right and the media flows left. So here's what happens. What would happen if you came out right now? And uh, uh, no, I'm not even going to say it. There are several channels on YouTube that have been deleted outright. And some have been stripped from their monetization for, for saying things about coronavirus like doubting it or criticizing it, gone, just like that. But of course, if you come out and scream hysteria and bloody murder, you're fine. So what happens if you can't talk about the other side of issues? It can only move left. So it's almost like a ratchet. It can only go one way. You can't pull it backwards. So it keeps ratcheting. Everything is ratcheting more and more to the left. And then people, because the left and the media is going insane, are being shoved out and pushed to the right. So I got to say, you know, uh, in reference to Bridget Fetessy's article, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump got a landslide either. And these polls may be wrong because they don't know what they're talking about anymore. They, I think their methodology is probably broken. All these pollsters, Rasmussen was the only one who got it right. They were like, I would say, I think they were the only one who got it right on uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. It was like they predicted, I think, two points and Hillary got 1.7 or something like that. 
I think they predicted 1.7 and she got 2.1. Everyone else was like, Hillary Clinton's going to win by three. They were the closest. Right now they're saying Trump's doing really, really well. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Trump does win because of all of this stuff. Because here I am forced into a corner. I have to go buy guns. And then Biden threatens taking my guns away. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I'll tell you, it's a really, it's a really interesting thing. The difference between never having a gun and talking about gun control and gun rights and then owning a gun and having the same conversation. Because to truly understand what these law mean, these laws mean, you have to actually be holding one and owning it. It's yours. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, wait a minute. I didn't do anything. Don't take the, what what did I, I have this. It's mine. I'm a good person. Don't take my gun from me. And now they are. And so now I'm like, listen, when I felt like I could trust police, it was very, very different. Now I feel like I have no options at all. I literally am like, I got to leave this area because what am I supposed to do? If someone comes to my house and I defend myself, I'm going to end up like this, this Omaha guy. What am I going to jump off my balcony 20 feet ah, and like land on the ground, run. And then there's nowhere to go. There's no way to retreat. And I know if I do anything, they're going to claim peaceful protesters, some other ridiculous nonsense. My 10 year old daughter wouldn't, she, she never went back into my, she never went back into my house after that night. She went and stayed at her dad's house, and then I had to send her up to visit my mom in another state Smart. because my daughter would not step foot in the house again. She was like, I don't know if they're coming back. They didn't catch them. I'm not going there. So I had to move in 12 days, fastest move of all time. In the middle of nowhere. But and then, uh, thank God I, I did, though. moved out into the middle of nowhere, too. You're going to love it. It's I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. So we, we've been here for the past several days, and everything we got built today, like this room was barren empty. And like, trust us, getting this, we got like a mixer board over here and all this stuff. It's ridiculous. I swear it's magic. There's like a weird scenario where like cables just don't work. And then, you know, but we're, we're, I'm trying really, really hard to just get out because November is coming and I am not going to be in a city on November 3rd through <laughs> forever. Yeah. After it's like the deadline to get out of the cities. I'm like, we can, I'm, I'm, look, we're, we're what, eight days away now from the, from the debates. How awesome. Could, how could the debates happen? Is it that soon? They I've been so distracted with covering like Antifa and BLM and all this stuff. I didn't even realize it was coming up so soon. 29th. Wow. So wow. we're about a, we're, we're, we're just over a week out. Can that can a debate really happen? Oh yeah. Joe Joe Biden? He just said 200 million people I know. Died. Did he you might that? fall asleep. <laughs> oh, I'm so maybe, excited. Maybe they're going to give him like a, a ridiculous dose of uppers. They're going to have him sleep up until one hour before, wake him up, get him all ready, and then give him some uppers. I, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I mean that literally, like, they might give him some Trump medication. wanted to do a drug test, he and Biden, because he thinks he's on something. <laughs> People have said Trump's on stuff. <laughs> but Trump's yeah. a spry old man. He's spry. Yeah. Joe Biden's not. So I started thinking, I'm like, man, isn't everything just going completely nuts? Like, this can't be real. Is is. Are we in, are we in the Truman Show or something? I think are you guys punking me. You you are so in it. Like you say this sometimes, and you might be too. I don't know, but the, you're seeing the worst a lot. So it's not that it's not as crazy as it I'm seems. Not, not, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the worst. I'm talking about the weird. It's definitely the, weird. The, the internet weird. made things so, so weird. So so hold on. Let me let me ask you a question. Did, did you see the Colby Covington fight? Oh no. no, but I watched his interview after. <laughs> what was the, I, the guy he was fighting was like a pro Black Lives Matter guy? Yeah. Come on, man. A guy named Covington fighting a Black Lives Matter activist, yeah. a Trump supporter in the ring against him. Somebody set that up. <laughs> now, I, 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 the dude was impressive. Like, and his speech was, was awesome. It was, yeah. The dude's cool. I liked but when like, they got into a fight afterwards, like a verbal fight after. That was great. Did what, you watch what, that? No, what happened? Uh, well, he got a lot of 
backlash colby did because he was like i just got off the phone with the president <laughs> has your tribe sent you smoke signals or something oh. it was real bad <laughs> but i like i mean i had my eyes were watering watching it i was like i can't believe he just said that the ufc is the last place that like comedy and actual put downs and like yeah yeah but trash so, so, talk so is loud i saw i saw a meme and it said something it was like something like a colby covington and the covington kid and it was like two pic. It was like a picture of the Covington Nick Sandman, and they're like Magat. I'm like, what? Like how? That's it's just a coincidence, right? But then the dude literally fought a Black Lives Matter activist and won. Yeah. Is that like are they are the are the elders controlling the simulator or whatever? Are they warning us what's going to happen in November? Like Trump will win. It's good. Trump's going to beat them. It just. There's a lot of weird little things like this where it's like, that can't be real, can it? Like, how is this if, really happening? If it's a magnetic universe, there are no, there are no coincidences. We're in a simulation, bro. I, I was, uh, talking to some other people who are, who are, you know, some big personality friends of mine. And I was just like, bro, are we in a simulation? And, and these are like regular, normal, boring podcast people. And they're like, dude, we're in a simulation. <laughs> I'm half kidding. I'm half kidding. Cause I'm like, it's just everything that's happening is so weird, you know? I can't imagine a debate between, listen, when I watch these videos of Joe Biden, I don't just follow like, you know, right wing pundits who are making fun of Joe Biden. And I push back when people try and say Joe Biden gaffed when he didn't. So there's that one thing where Joe Biden said, I'm going to beat Joe Biden. He didn't. He said, I'm going to be Joe Biden, but he's got dentures. Right. He was like, people ask about my record. I tell you, I'm Joe Biden. I'm going to be Joe Biden. But people heard a beat and I'm like, so I'll push back on that. Right. There's also when he said, you know, you know, remember when Biden said, go, you know, the thing we're all created equally under go, yeah. you know, oh, the yeah, thing yeah. we say, it's, it's not because he didn't remember the word. It's because he panicked thinking if he said the word God, he'd offend the far left yeah. who don't, who really hate that. So he stopped himself under go, you know, the thing he stopped himself from saying God. So that wasn't a gaffe, but I watch videos of Joe Biden. That dude is not there yeah. at all. No. And so how could Donald Trump? Donald Trump's going to walk up on stage and go, thank you, uh, Joe Biden. Thank you. Your campaign staff bailed out the rioters. And then it's over. Done. That's it. What's, uh, no, I, I, uh, they did. And he'll, Trump will keep, he'll be like, you said 200 million people will die. And yep. then Joe, but then he won't let it go. Trump will keep going yeah. with it. That's the nice thing. He's about got stamina. He's going to last. He's spry. Yeah. He's a spry old man. So and he's uh, persistent. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that, in, but I, I do want to talk about Assange and all that stuff, too. Uh, but first, to kind of wrap up all the talk, we were talking about these riots and everything. Do you, how do you feel about Trump's job so far dealing with the riots? Not great. Um, I honestly, I, if somebody told me that I would be saying this six months ago, I would have been like, you are out of your mind. <laughs> but I think he should have um, used the Insurrection Act like three months ago. Um, I, I I thought that at first I, I, I was well I, I shouldn't say that I was I was thinking maybe, but then I read a really good article that basically said what do you think would happen when the local police are instructed to resist when the local government resists and you all of a sudden have a federal occupying force in a city that's rejecting them yeah it's just a recipe for legit civil war but at the same time these cities are rejecting U.S. law and U.S. norms and are everything it's they're They've gone nearly anarchist. So at what point do you say these states are, you know, 
not, how do you so 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 they're I not guess functioning the you, you saw what happened today with the doj announcing anarchist jurisdictions yeah they're going to try and defund portland seattle and new york city or take federal funding away from them uh, my, my concern is like that's going to result in more problems for the cities i i think it's going to make them get worse because now they have no money and they're gonna be like whatever it's going to kind of fall apart but the problem is even that action which i understand why they're doing it they get this big outline of all of these cities, how they rejected federal assistance, how they won't enforce the law, how they're cutting loose, uh, cutting criminals loose. And I'm like, almost anything Trump does will lead to potential civil war, like the states rejecting federal authority, which they've been doing. Like when it came to Portland, Trump sent some police there to, to protect a federal building and they resisted in every possible way yeah. and everything just got worse. I will say the one thing I've praised Trump on over and over again, probably for the 50 billionth time, for those of you that are familiar with my content, is that the feds deputized the Oregon State Police. So any arrest they make now gets prosecuted by the feds instead. And that wrapped up a ton of these people. Yeah. But then here's so here's what happened. The, the riots came back to Portland the other day. They went to an ICE facility and ICE. Uh, you see these videos of how ICE responded? They they just just dropped smoke bombs the air was a cloud. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't see your hand in front of you. And then they ran up behind Antifa. So like Antifa's marching forward with the umbrellas and they're like firing tear gas at them. And then the whole area fills with smoke. And then all of a sudden the cops run up behind. They went around, ran up behind them and just grabbed them and arrested them all. Yeah. So then what happened the next day? Antifa stayed away from the feds, marched to the city, smashing up local businesses. And where were the police? Where was Ted Wheeler? Nowhere to be found. They realized if they go up against Trump, they get crushed. But so long as they attack the state level, eh, they're okay. See, the one of the things that I'm having a huge problem, like, wrapping my head around, though, is that everybody's being like, this is what Biden's America, this would be Biden's America, this would be Biden's America. And I'm like, this is Trump's America, and it's happening right now, and it's not stopping. And these business owners have been getting screwed for, what, 130 days now? And nobody's helping them. And it's not Biden's America, it's Trump's America. And he has a responsibility to do something if those local leaders are failing, because yep. it's not those people's fault. It's not the business owner's fault. It's not Jake's fault. It's not any of these people's fault that their government, their local government is failing them. At the very least. Uh, no, no, but I can't. Even I, I do want to say, though, before people jump down my throat, like I am voting for Trump and I think that you'd be a fool not to vote for Trump. I just have some criticisms also. <laughs> I think I think Trump's probably concerned that if he makes too bold a move, it could affect his chance at reelection. I think every politician deals with that. Yeah, I know a lot of people say Trump's not a politician. He is now he's fighting for reelection. So he's a different kind. But he might lose if they you know, they would use everything against him. I don't believe there's undecided voters. I, I think that part that people have picked a side. Yeah. And his side wants law and order. Yeah. And he's not giving us enough law and order. Well, I mean, not, not only that, look at the Republicans who are like, we're not going to vote on replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's like, dude, literally every Republican and Trump supporter to want you to do it. Yeah. So I don't know whose vote you think you're going to get. It's, it's funny because you have like, I think it was like Murkowski. Yeah. Was, uh, and um, but I, did, 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 did they flip back and say they were going to do it or? I don't think so. I think she's standing strong, but I could be wrong. I was in Assange and. Uh, yeah, 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 Antifa mode all day. Antifa I mode. haven't kept up on anything else. She She's saying, you know, she's not going to vote until after the she's not going to vote to confirm or whatever until after the election. Does she does she think there is a, a large group of Trump's like conservatives and Republicans who have decided they're like they're like every Republican is undecided. The point I'm trying to make is if 30 percent of the country is Republican, 33 is Democrat and 30 are independent. 
she realized, like, you, you realize you'll lose all of the Republicans if you do this. And so what is she trying to get Democrats to vote for? They're not going to vote for her. Yeah. They want ridiculous policy that makes no sense. So by, by abandoning the core base of Republicans, then what? You get some left moderate Democrats who for some reason like the Republican better than the Democrats. That makes literally no sense. I mean, I just think politicians are narcissists and oh, they get, yeah. you know, she is an extremely unremarkable politician. There's nothing special about her. There's nothing interesting about her. She's not a Trump or a Ted Cruz or a Rand Paul. She's not a she's she's boring. And by pandering to the left for a little while, she gets a whole bunch of head pats from CNN <laughs> and she gets her five minutes of airtime where people are like, you did a great thing. You're so brave. And it feeds their ego for, you know, another year. Let's let's talk about uh, WikiLeaks. All right. So um, are, you're like a WikiLeaks confidant, I guess. Or like, <laughs> how would you describe yourself in that capacity? This We're, we're talking about Trump, mind you, too. This is we're tying, I'm tying it together. Um. I don't know. I'm a friend of Julian's. I'm a longtime supporter. I've covered them extensively. I've written hundreds of articles about WikiLeaks. Um, yeah, I don't you know. <laughs> you were saying before, like, if it wasn't for the riots, you wouldn't have voted for Trump because of what happened to Assange. Yeah. I mean, if somebody is, you know, going after your friend, would you? Well, what what did Trump do? So, well. so let, 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 me start, let me start real quick, just for people who might not be aware. WikiLeaks is essentially just a news publication. Right. They, but they, 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 the, the core of it is they take leaks, whistleblowers, and they publish. All news outlets do this. Well, not all, but most. But news outlets also will write like, you know, it rained today and there's like a cat in the tree. But they'll take leaks. The New York Times writes about a bunch of different things, including leaks. WikiLeaks like focuses on. They all use software based on WikiLeaks now to get anonymous submissions. Right. The Dropbox stuff. Yeah. So Julian Assange has basically been detained forcibly um, under house arrest, sort of. He was in the Ecuadorian embassy for a long time. Mm -hmm. When they finally are like dropping the charges, the U.S. swoops in and arrests him. And now they're trying to extradite him. And uh, I don't know how much I'm supposed to say. Well, they read your testimony, right? Yeah, it's so online. Trump did it. Yeah. Trump is the one who, who ordered Assange's arrest. Yes. I don't get it. Trump said he loved WikiLeaks. And now all of a sudden he's putting Assange through all of this. Well, he, I think Trump surrounded himself with a lot of very, oh. very bad people. John I Bolton. mean, we had Bolton, Pompeo. <laughs> um, it was, he, he hired a lot of bushies, you know, it's not the same Republican party as the Trump people. And, and those people certainly don't care about a free press. Um, but yeah, he, he ordered it. And Jennifer you, Robinson recently testified too that. Um, you know, there was a meeting and they offered Julian Assange a pardon in exchange for giving up his source. On the and DC he, email leaks. Right. Or the, 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 the DNC. Yes. It, or was it the DCCC? Or was it, it was the DNC, right? The DNC leaks. So Julian Assange came to, to possess emails from the DNC. Mm -hmm. And it was very, very bad for the Democrats. Yes. And Donald Trump wants to know how he got this. Well, I mean, Donald Trump's whole present, <laughs> I can't talk. His whole presidency has been plagued by Russia, Russia, Russia. Everything's Russia. You won because of Russia. And so by, by finding out WikiLeaks source, because Julian's repeatedly said it wasn't a state actor and he's a very honest man. Um, he would finally be able to put that to bed. It would clear Trump. It would clear his name. Wouldn't this is a really tough question. Uh, it's a really, it's a really uh, difficult ethical conundrum. Julian Assange can't give up his sources. No, it would discredit everything he's ever done. It would destroy the organization. 
and it would put at risk his sources. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, there, there's the, the conspiracy theory of who leaked to it, uh, who leaked the, the information to WikiLeaks. But assuming that this, the, so uh, I guess the conspiracy theory is Seth Rich. They, they, they claim that Seth Rich did it. But uh, the, the media claims it was Russia. I guess it was what intelligence agencies claimed it was Russia as well. Right. But Assange said absolutely not. Then who was, who was that other guy who claimed it was not Russia because he received the documents from Craig, someone? Uh, former ambassador Craig Murray. Craig Murray said that. Yeah. So it's either uh, it could. It, I mean, at this point, I have no idea who it could, who, who it could have been. Maybe Craig Murray, Assange, they're both lying. Maybe the theories are wrong. Or maybe there's someone we don't know about. And if Assange gave him up, it would put this person's life in, in jeopardy. And Assange won't give up that information. Right. And it could be, it could have been multiple, multiple people. I mean, he's not going to tell anyone and he shouldn't. And he doesn't owe anybody that. Um, you know, people want, people are like, well, he needs to do this because our democracy is falling apart. And it's like, he doesn't owe you anything. He gave you the information to make an informed decision about your election. And then everybody forgot about him and left him in an embassy for two more years to rot while Trump was president and could have pardoned him. Yep. Why does he owe anybody anything? And so when he refused the deal, uh, the you know WikiLeaks lawyers argued that that's when they decided to prosecute him. Because now they're going to take him by force and force him to give it up. Right. And that's that's a violation of ethics. And, you know, it's it, it really is a challenge because I, I feel that that part of me where it's like if we can get confirmation that it really wasn't Russia, that would destroy like maybe not maybe not completely because the establishment lies all the time. And we know like they were wrong completely about Russia. And we know that. But if if we figure out who this person really was, assuming this person, uh, whatever we could learn about that person. That could change everything and be a major powerful tool in stopping the psychopaths who are destroying our, our cities, who are romping through our streets, who are infecting our, our cultural institutions. It feels like Assange might hold the key, a powerful tool to ending what the left is doing and help restore America back to where it used to be. If we could just get the truth about what happened. Yeah, but However, that's not his responsibility. He's not even American. I know. He doesn't owe anybody any favors. Nobody in America did him any favors. And this this is why I'm like, this is Donald Trump's absolute America first. That he would be like, Assange is an American, and mm -hmm. he needs the information for America. But also I gotta I gotta say, for himself too. It would exonerate him. Right. It would it would disprove a lot of this this nonsense. Even though even though it's already been mostly like proven to be bunk, we'll see what happens with the Durham pro uh the Durham report. I'm wondering if we're even going to see any, I, I don't think anything's going to happen with Durham. Uh, I, I got to give context for the people who might not understand. So we have, uh, um, John Durham is investigating the Obama, like Obama administration and intelligence, uh, agency individuals for, I guess, what would, what, what, how would you describe it? Like, I guess the official way is understanding how Russiagate started. Although they've already issued one criminal indictment, I think, right? Mm -hmm. That lawyer who altered the email for like to, to claiming that Carter Page wasn't actually a CIA source or something. So, and this story is so hard to talk about. You, you know what really scares me about all of this? What? To truly explain to someone the context around Julian Assange, what his information means, why he has to protect it, why Trump is going at it. There's like 50 billion stories beneath yeah. all of that. It's so difficult. Yeah. It's very, very challenging. I've been trying to explain my testimony to some friends of mine and things who don't really follow it. They only really know WikiLeaks because of the election. And it's just like... 
an onion. Like there's so many layers you have to explain for each little bit of my statement. Like it's it was very complicated because a lot of people only know WikiLeaks from 2016. They don't remember or they were too young or they weren't paying attention or it was just the wrong side politically when yeah. when uh you know the Manning leaks came out. So was that collateral murder? Yeah. That was in the war logs. So like in Vietnam they embedded journalism and people could see how horrible it was uh the the casualty rate on both sides and friendly fire and then so they pulled journalism out of out of the military for the first Iraq invasion basically or war they pulled it out yeah they don't want they put journalists oh, in there right. only as like faux journalism to oh, make course, it look good yeah, yeah so seeing this collateral murder thing you see how it was just civilian strike like people just die like, that was obama yeah that was obama's drone right? that, that was obama was like a, no oh, that was before obama that was that was 2010 or something oh it was before it was, it was it came out obama, during right? the, footage, the footage was from bush it was yeah, like a helicopter yeah. gunship mowing down you civilians that they thought just... were uh, yeah. camera they thought a camera was a gun they opened fire on all these civilians yeah manning described it as like watching a child torturing ants with a magnifying glass because wow. they, they were shooting them from the helicopter and laughing yeah and that's, it was that's powerful war. stuff that's military you know they have to have fun they have to joke about it yeah otherwise going, you'd go crazy don't so but, donald trump talked about pardoning edward snowden the mm -hmm. le so uh snowden is this is the nsa leaker who gave all of these uh, files to Glenn Greenwald and Laura Poitras, The Intercept, and Donald Trump entertained pardoning him. Don't you think there's a possibility, or do you think there's a possibility he might, after he gets reelected, no. finally be like, <laughs> okay, you know what? Well, I mean, I guess I should explain what my testimony was about today. <laughs> so, so this is, this is, this is kind of crazy. You submitted testimony in the trial against Julian Assange. No, I wasn't against him. I was for the defense. No, I mean that the trial yes, is the trial. The trial, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You submitted evidence supporting Assange in his ongoing trial, extra yeah. extradition trial, right? Yes. Yeah, so I was supposed to testify, but they, the UK court's very different, and the the prosecutor for the US didn't want to cross examine me, um, which is pretty awesome. Like he was scared, <laughs> but uh, they so instead they didn't have to have me speak they didn't want me to speak and so the deal was that the lawyers would read my statement it's the same thing they did with jennifer robinson and a few other um, witnesses but they read i had an eight-page statement and in a transcript of some phone calls and things that were submitted and they read that in open court today um and basically um in october 2018 i interviewed julian assange's mom christine lovely woman highly recommend following her on twitter um but she was calling for a pardon for her son like no big deal yeah. normal article and at the time i was in a dm group with a whole bunch of conservative influencers and people in the trump campaign and you know close to the administration ambassador rick Rinell was in it arthur schwartz um a lot of a lot of powerful people and and reporters and things and people in the campaign would post things in there that they wanted people to share or that they wanted people to see. So it, like no brainer. I put it in there hoping maybe I would find a sympathetic ear. Um, I didn't. <laughs> so 10 minutes later, I get this crazy call from Arthur Schwartz, who was doing communications for Rick Grinnell. I believe he still does. And um, if you Google him, he's known as like Donald Trump Jr.'s fixer. Um, and he's he's like yelling at me. And we've always been friendly. So I'm like, what is going on? 
And he starts saying that a pardon's never going to happen, that they're going to go into the embassy to take to arrest Julian, that they're charging Julian based on the Manning release, not on DNC leaks or Vault 7, um, that he was a horrible person. And I didn't know all the terrible things that happened because of him. And um, he was saying that, you know, if if you really understood this, you wouldn't be supporting him anymore. And people will understand that you've supported him up until now because you didn't know. But now that you know, if you continue reporting him, like basically you can't be in our in the cool crowd. You're not oh, going to yeah. be, you know, you're going to be. What What were you supposed to know? Or what did you what 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 was he claiming you knew now? He was just telling me that he was a a bad person, that WikiLeaks got people killed, which is not true. I mean, the Pentagon testified that was not true during the Manning trial, and the prosecution said that's not true during this trial. What, but could could it be the Pentagon was was lying because they don't want to reveal that they were compromised? Possibly, I couldn't really speculate on that, but I argued with him that it was false, and I was like, they testified that that's not true. Um, and the U.S. government has said that's not true in the extradition case still. But he was insistent that Julian had done all these bad things. He had got people hurt, that he was reckless. He was comparing him to a drunk driver, saying that he was selfish and had no regard for other people. And um, and that it was basically like, if you keep supporting this guy, you're not going to be in the cool MAGA club in D.C. anymore. Cool like, MAGA you're club. you're going to be... You're not going to get scoops. We're not going to share Gateway Pundit. We're not, you know, it was, it was an, an odd conversation. F-U? Huh? Do you say F you? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I kept I'd baiting like, him because I wanted, I wanted more information. So I was like, tell right, me right. more, you know, tell me more. Keep telling me more. <laughs> um, at one point I did start to cry though, because he was screaming at me that, that, you know, Julian was going to spend the rest of his life in prison and that it wasn't journalism and, I was getting very frustrated and I was, you know, I was saying if you go into an embassy and rip him out, he's a, he's a political refugee technically. Like yeah. you'd be committing an act of war. And he was like, not if they let us. And so, I mean, I, I care about this case very deeply. And so it was, it was upsetting to me. Um, but as soon as I got off the phone, I, I think I called Chelsea and I was like, Hey, I think they're coming after you. And then I went and I told Julian in person and. Um, the State Department got, they were surveilling our meetings. So they heard everything that I told him. And Arthur, when I got back, Arthur told me that there was a State Department investigation and that he couldn't tell me anything anymore uh, because I had told Julian. He knew that I told Julian. And um, yeah, sorry, there's like a mosquito, but the woods. Yep. (laughs) But uh. (laughs) Yeah, they 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 eventually went and pulled him out. Yeah, so they went they went and pulled him out, and I hit up Arthur again, and I was like, "Hey, you know, you knew this was going to happen. Can you tell me what's going on?" And um, he was like, "He deserves the death penalty. Everyone involved with WikiLeaks deserves the death penalty." Completely unhinged. And a few days after that, I think it was like April 15th, and he was arrested on the 11th. There was an article in ABC News, and and it said that. It was like buried way down in this article said that Rick Grinnell is the one who had worked out the deal for Julian's arrest. And so suddenly I was like, oh, that's how Arthur knew all this stuff that he told me in October. And I hit him up and I was like, hey, is this how you knew that? And he was like, <laughs> and then, you know, kept ranting about him being 
you yeah. know, deserving the death penalty. And the article also said that Grinnell only got a verbal pledge that there would be no death penalty. So I I pointed that out and well, he was like, well, he deserves, you know, what, what, what could he possibly get the death penalty for? Um, if they try and claim that people did get hurt, if they add new charges, but he's which not, Julian's not an American. Well, the UN has warned repeatedly that they believe there's a chance that the U.S. could try and ex- execute him because they yeah. could add terrorism charges, espionage charges, Patriot Act stuff. I mean, there's a slew of things that they could throw at him. I'm, I, I gotta say, I'm convinced. Like, I, I understand, you know, Trump is going after him because I think Trump wants to win the fight. He wants to, he wants evidence that Russia, the story was bunk and he probably wants to help himself. But I can only imagine if Joe Biden gets in, they'll kill him. Yeah. I mean, Hillary Clinton joked about droning him. I don't think she was joking. Well, I should clarify <laughs> she that. She laughed about it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's because she's evil. But it, but it <laughs> Not because like, it was a joke. You realize Julian's in London, right? Like, he's he's a, he's a couple blocks away from this really big shopping mall. It's like his famous mall. It's like down the street. It's, yeah. it's like literally around the corner. I think you can't drone yeah. London. If Joe Biden gets in. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the left absolutely hates WikiLeaks right now for some reason. Like, uh, I guess because of Trump, because I think WikiLeaks was working for the Russians. That is an incredible, incredible flip. I remember back in the day, Julian Assange, hero of the left, anti-establishment, anti-war, exposing the war crimes. And then all it took was some uh, uh, intelligence asset individuals to go on MSNBC and say, oh, actually, that guy you like, Russia, he helped Trump. And then snap. Yeah. All of a sudden, now they're like, let him burn. It's you sad. love this guy, man. But Trump was the one who ordered his arrest, at yep. least according to Arthur. And even even Trump said he loved WikiLeaks. Yeah, but he ordered his arrest. And people should be putting pressure on him to free him. Just saying. <laughs> I think Julian Assange, the story, is a modern day assassination story. And what I mean by that is we're not in the uh, times where information was scarce. There's phones everywhere. There's somebody watching all the time. And if they went to get Julian in a major first world city, then it would be a serious high profile circumstance where it would make a martyr. They don't want to make a martyr. So what ends up happening is character assassination, absurd uh, accusa- you know, uh, indictments. Then he gets arrested. So he, he knows they're going to try and extradite him. He was right the whole time. Julian went to the Ecuadorian embassy because he thought he was going to get extradited, right? Yep. And then sure enough, once they finally got him out, they were trying to extradite him. And the media painted him as crazy for years. They were like, he has no reason to think this. He could walk out anytime. I mean, I had spent years arguing with people about this. People would tweet at me constantly being he like he could leave anytime. He's not under arrest. He could leave whenever he wants. And Julian would always be like, no, I can't, though. (laughs) And he was right. And there was like, so I, I actually met with him several years ago and there was a creepy black van chilling out in front. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Like, as soon as I walked anywhere near that building, I'm, I'm pretty sure as soon as I got the message, the email, like, they immediately just ripped apart all of my, you know, personal emails, all my files, like, all the intelligence agencies from all these different companies, the Five Eyes Spy Club. Did you take your phone to the embassy? Did they take your phone back then? They did, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. took my phone. I stopped, I didn't bring it for the later visits. I think the first visit I did. But I think, they made you give it all it, the numbers and everything and they hold it up there. They were spying that whole time. Yeah. Like they were using your phone. All these journalists who got spied on, there's only like one who's even saying anything like, hey, you guys spied on me. What the hell? I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these journalists who visited him over the years, though, silent. And they got spied on by the U.S. government while speaking to a political refugee. Do, do it's you, insane. Do you agree with me about Biden, though? If Biden wins, 
Oh. What they'll do to Assange? Oh, yeah. I I hate to even think about. I, I mean, I don't think that Trump is much better on this, but I do think that they will. They will I, be worse. I, I think uh, Glenn Greenwald tweeted about this. Someone said, why would Donald Trump want to pardon Edward Snowden? And his response was because Snowden, like, because Trump is mad about how the intelligence agencies and these individuals smeared him with Russia. So, yeah, he kind of wants revenge. Right. Isn't there a possibility, like, that Trump is just trying to get the information from Assange, but he wouldn't do what, say, like, a Biden administration would do? I don't know. I mean, he offered him a pardon, you know? Not that I agree with it. I think that's a violation, like a serious violation of journalistic freedoms and, and the first. Like, right. For us, the first amendment, I know Julian Assange is not an American citizen, but this is kind of scary. The idea that the U.S. government could target a foreign person, like the uh, same thing with, uh, they did with Kim.com. Yeah. Like Kim.com was not an American. Why did American resources go into New Zealand and raid this guy's house? They did the same thing to Julian Assange. It's kind of scary when you realize the true power of the United States and their allies and what they'll do if you're not an American. Yeah, Juice Rap News has a great video about that, where they have uh, representatives from each government, and they're like, we're America's bitch. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Highly recommend looking for it, though. Yeah, but they don't do the rap news stuff anymore, Juice Media. Yeah. Now it's oh, like a it? lot. Like, I, they're, they're, you know, I, I've, I've talked to those guys before in the past, but now it's like the, so for those not familiar, Juice Rap News, or in like 2010, made some of the most amazing political commentary music videos, like, Kind of poking fun at, but in, in, in a sense, sort of explaining the gist of some of these things. But uh, now it's like a lot of stuff they produce is just your generic leftist orange man bad. Uh, I've only really watched yeah. that one. But they, they, they're doing the honest good. government ads now. Yeah. And it's like. That's what this was. This was like. Oh, it was. But it was a Julian Assange one. Oh, okay. And it was, it was brilliant. Well, that's good. I respect Spot that. on. Because I got to tell you, man, going back, in, going back into 2010, I remember uh, all the hacker stuff. And that's basically how I know you. It's crazy how the hacker community was like the libertarian left. Mm -hmm. they, and they were, they were like, it was very libertarian, period. But most of these people in the hacker community were not right wing. They were kind of libertarian, but leaning left. The government started going after these people. They started giving ridiculous charges. And Julian Assange is like the, the, the remnant of that, I guess. He's still facing this desperate attack from the U.S. government against left libertarian style like hacker individuals and they've successfully turned the left against wikileaks when did the left become pro-war under obama under obama they didn't want to protest him doing the exact same thing that they protested bush doing clinton was pro-war he was just there with are. a smile i know yeah. the left became pro-war after world war ii because they want to prevent world war three so they set up military bases all over the earth is that what it was? Yeah. It's called the, uh, well, they call it, Eisenhower called it the military industrial complex. Right, right, right. But what, what I'm saying is, I remember, um, early 2010s, people protest. I, I remember 2000s. War is bad. Bush is bad. War is bad. Then Obama gets in. War is good now. Yeah. The yeah. people I, I, that were screaming anti war weren't left. They were like centrists. The people that, I no, it, think but, but the left, left was on. So, you know, I'll tell you they what were, it was. Maybe they were anti-Bush, too. No, it was because I was I was I was I was coming of age during Bush. I was a teenager during Bush, seeing all of these people claim to be my ally and my friend saying war is bad. And I genuinely thought war was bad. I'm like, I look at this stuff and this is bad. And then as soon as Obama got elected, I'm still standing there holding the sign saying war is bad. And they go, uh, we're going to get out of here. And I'm like, but war is bad. Yeah, but our guy won. So it's all you. Right. Buddy. The identitarian split. 
you know, it's the identitarian anti-war guys because they'll go off with their candidate when he wins and go to you, war. You mean with tribalist? Them. Yeah, or whatever. Identitarian is a reference to people like, that worship somebody. That's not identitarian. It's, it's it's the anti-war concept that pervades. It's forget who who's in charge. If they're going to war, you got to turn on them. You got to stop the war. Yeah. I think I think uh, I think there are instances where war is unfortunate but good. I think there are a lot of instances where the U.S. is engaging in extremely stupid and bad war that's just bad for us. But it's like you get some zealot who wants to go and is mad about someone trying to kill his dad. And we end up in, in 20 years of war in the Middle East, which uh, for what can we even talk about what we gained from this? And now all of a sudden I'm sitting here like Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton. Eh, I'm not going to vote for a Republican. I'm not Hillary Clinton. She wants war. And then Trump wins. And now he's the guy who hasn't started a war. He's the guy who's got historic peace agreements in the Middle East. He's the guy who's withdrawing our troops. And I'm like, I still think war is bad. Hello? Left? No. Yeah. They're complaining about Trump doing this. And you know what bothers me? Is that even, like, I don't understand the intercept, right? Glenn Greenwald's outlet. Mm-hmm. Because he's, he's complained about Russiagate. Here, here. Russiagate was nonsense. He complains about the media. I totally agree, Glenn. He says, he's, he's, here's criticism of Trump. And I'm like, man, right, right there, you know? And then he says, this is really great that Trump is ending war. I'm like, dude, Glenn, this is fantastic. <laughs> so are we voting for Trump now? And he goes, no. His outlet starts putting out all Trump is bad. You know, the far left is good. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, tribal. That's the, tribalism. It's, it's, it's almost like Glenn Greenwald is part of that left libertarian hacker kind of thing that happened. And he is still too, he's pulled into this weird new left that is either identitarian or pro war establishments, you know, Cabal. I think like, he's identitarian, Glenn Greenwald. He just doesn't like Trump. I don't think he's an identitarian. He, well, he, cr- he criticizes the woke SJW stuff. Right. But he dislikes Trump so much. That but that's, he, that's just, that's just tribalist. Yeah. That's just orange man bad. Maybe I'm conflating the, the words identitarian yeah, yeah, yeah. and tribalist. I think, I think you're right. I think there's, there's too many people on the left who refuse to accept that they are better off with Trump than with Joe Biden. Yeah. I don't care. That's what I was saying. When you're talking about this phone call with with uh, Arthur, if someone called me and said that, I'd be like, yeah, F you, click. I don't care. I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's Biden. I don't care if it's Hillary. You tell me something that's good. I'll give you credit for it. And if, if I think you're doing a good enough job, I will vote for you for it. The riots flipped me. Yeah. I was like, I remember last year, I was like, I'm never going to vote for this. Are you crazy? It'll never happen. Nothing will ever change my fire. I knew you were going to change your mind. And I'm like, so where's the uh, vote for Trump box? Is, there, is this it? I'm going to press this button right here. You said earlier you thought that some wars are good. Yeah. Like World War II. Uh, defensive wars. That's bad. But we have to do it. Right. If, if we get invaded, which we've never been invaded. I'm, well, maybe like if you go way back and talk about like the territories and stuff. You know, we've had conflict in our in our on our own ground. But in modern history, all of the conflicts we fought have been going other places. And it's usually been a, like we've had a lot of failures. The U.S. has had a lot of stupid failures. Korea, Vietnam. I, I wouldn't necessarily say Korea was a failure. I'm actually kind of happy the U.S. went to Korea because my fa- I have family. I probably wouldn't be here if the U.S. didn't intervene. But it still split the country in half. Vietnam was a disaster. And the Gulf of Tonkin was complete BS. What got us into the war was complete BS. Afghanistan and Iraq, complete disasters. And all the other stupid, you know, incursion excursions that we do in South and Central America. America does a lot of really dumb things for a lot of really dumb reasons. But we, World War II, we, I understand. World War II is like, I mean, look, right now we're look, here's, here's one of the most difficult questions. We're looking at China. China's got concentration camps, man. 
They, they, they're harvesting organs. They're, the things they're doing to these people is, is what nightmares are made of. Then they've got, we got the oppression in Hong Kong as well, and, and they're expanding. They're doing, uh, you know, strike, strike groups going through the straight South, South China Sea past Taiwan. And there's fears that they're going to try and seize Taiwan. They claim Taiwan is part of China. Taiwan says otherwise. This is going to be a major conflict. What do we do? I'm anti-intervention always. Even if it's a million people having their organs harvested? Always. See, for me, I wouldn't say I'm absolutely against intervention, but I'm, when it comes to intervention, leaning away from it, but we'll entertain it if there's an atrocity happening. Even when we've went into war with the best intentions... Um, there's always unintended consequences. I mean, look at what happened with Libya. We've went in there, we destabilized a whole bunch of things, and now they have open air slave markets. I know that's like we, even if we're doing something and selling it to the public as, as good, there's always going to be a drawback. And I, I firmly believe in only engaging in war if the U.S. is directly threatened or if it's in our national interest in a way that you know there's no other option do should we have intervened in world war ii no you don't i don't so. think so but and i don't think we should have entered world war one and i think that world war ii wouldn't have happened without world war one that's an interesting point because i was talking to michael malice about this and i had a very generic ignorant view of world war one and i need to do my homework on it but he mentioned it was a war of alliances yeah world war ii was clear cut like this what what the what nazi germany was doing was just like Evil. Well, oh yeah. We didn't even enter World War II to stop the Holocaust. It, it people didn't even know about the stuff that was happening. The debate here was about was America first people and the, like there was actually an America first committee back then. Um it disbanded right when Pearl Harbor was attacked, but um <laughs> the argument was about whether or not we should be engaging in European conflict and whether or not we should be helping England. It had nothing to do with stopping atrocities because nobody knew. And a lot of this didn't start until later. So sure. um, it, that's not why we entered World War II. We sure. entered World War II to help England. <laughs> and so, well, what, actually, sorry, technically we entered because Pearl Harbor got attacked, right. but they had been pushing for it because. Well, I think it's England. fair to point out we got attacked by Japan and then sent soldiers to Europe. Right. But I mean, hindsight being 2020, and I think that's not necessarily the, the best point. I think it ended up being good. Yeah, we, we ended what they were doing. But now we know what China is doing. So I'm not saying we should have an intervention into China or anything like that. Right. I'm just saying, like, not. I think absolutism is is, is dangerous. Like to to reject all war all the time. I, I mean, think I I support defending our our country. For sure. For I support sure. defending our borders. I support if there's something that's in our national interest that is unavoidable i support it in that case and i i'm not going to sit here and say that it was bad to to stop nazi germany but i do think that there were consequences of that and i think that you know look at dresden look at what happened or yeah look at what happened all over germany and how many people died and how many of our people died for something that had nothing to do with us and well, they were killing a lot of people. So a lot of yeah. people ended up living because we came in. Right. And, and I, I fully agree with that. It's just there there are consequences to these things. And now because of World War Two and that being successful, they argue this for every intervention. Right. They say, well, what would you have wanted Hitler to win? Would you be want to would you want to be speaking German right now? And so 
they've used this for every to justify everything that's come later and so a lot right. of people have died because of it i agree, um, I agree. in my I, that's just my opinion I, I agree i think there's been a lot of mistakes where the u.s has intervened and failed and then world war ii becomes the like key example of why it's good because that was really important that that ended you right. know that we shut those people down the challenge now is like how do we deal with china i mean look I don't believe the United States of the world are the world's police, but I do have a concern that we're watching China arm up. We're watching them abuse their neighbors. Potential war with India could happen. And India is an ally of ours. And so we're, we're, we're seeing the atrocities they commit. We're seeing them defy international law and norms, setting up military bases on the South China Sea atolls and things like that, or the Pacific atolls. They're spreading, encroaching and giving, becoming more and more powerful. I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of just intervention. We're going to go, we don't like what they're doing. They may threaten us preemptive war. That's a terrible idea. But if we, the other side of that coin is if we sit back while they expand in South America and Africa, gaining resources and buying out all these countries, eventually you'll be living in an authoritarian communist country. And China is an interesting case because I think, um, they own, farmland in the u.s that i think is equal to the size of ohio uh, my boyfriend brett mcdonald has wrote about this extensively but they they are buying a lot of land here and i i don't agree with that either and i think china is an interesting case and there is you know there there are arguments to be made for intervening there but when you're talking about intervention broadly you have to think about why you care about these atrocities because there's atrocities all over the world at any given time yeah. i mean look what hap- look look at yemen but they don't want you to care about yemen they want you to care about Be- venezuela why is that and so they pick and choose the atrocities that they want to highlight and the ones that we need to save people from and there's always another motive for it and i guarantee that the the weapons manufacturers are not concerned about the fact that people are starving that's not why they want to go there so yeah we we've had drone strikes in yemen we had obama killing americans uh uh, abdul Alaki, i believe was in yemen killing an american citizen without charge or trial and then saying oopsie well luke got that great video he confronted his press secretary and was like we are changed yeah he was like Um, any comments about the fact that you guys killed an American teenager? And the pre- I think it was his press secretary was like, he should have had a different father. A better dad. A better a father. Better dad. Yeah. Is that why he was killed? Yeah. In my opinion? Maybe it's a little bit conspiratorial, but I kind of feel like, uh, for those that aren't familiar, there's a man named Anwar Alalaki. He was preaching jihad against the U.S. Obama drone striked him. And then two weeks later, I think it was, in a country we were not at war with, they drone striked a civilian restaurant killing his 16-year-old son, who I believe was born in like Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, it was Colorado. That sounds to me like Obama saying, we will kill your children if you if you F with us. The official story was we're targeting someone else. It was a mistake. The question then is, why were we targeting someone at a civilian restaurant in a country we are not at war with? Because they don't care. Yeah, it's like a kid with a magnifying glass from above just dropping a bomb on a restaurant. And that stuff causes harm to America. It's the CIA called it blowback. We, we like. Could you imagine you you blow up a restaurant? Those, there's going to be people there. Like some dad's going to watch his. He's going to he's going to be across the street. It's going to be movie esque, and he's going to see a, a, a restaurant get blown up. And he's going to they're going to see the drone. They're going to be panicking. His kid's going to be gone, and that guy's going to become radicalized in an instant. And he's going to do everything in his power against us because somebody made a mistake to to, to go for the, with the establishment narrative. I, I I can't claim otherwise. I have no evidence. But then all of a sudden you end up with 
terror, conflict, and refugees. People fleeing these countries, their homes destroyed, and that creates even more conflict. And you know what? There are people who strive on this stuff, thrive on this stuff. They love it. They profit off of it. And the rest of us suffer because of it. So anyway. Well, <laughs> I don't. That's why WikiLeaks is so important. <laughs> I don't. I'm not saying they going show to you war the with, true cost of war, and yeah. then you can make an informed decision as a public. But to be fair, I mean, with WikiLeaks, uh, how often they have they released documents on China? I'm not actually sure, but they've released a lot of documents that don't get as much exposure as yeah, U.S. stuff. For and, sure. I mean, they've they've released tons of files on even Russia. People are always like, how come they've never done anything on Russia? And there are cables yeah. on Russia. Like, I go think, on their website and search. You'll find anything there. I think there was like one point where someone asked Julian that or something, and he was like, these files are already public. They're like, why didn't you release these files? They were public. Someone sent us yeah. files that were already public, so we ignored it. Like, you know. And I think uh, Julian probably does what he thinks, uh, or he was. I don't know what, he's, what his capacity is now because of what's happening to him. But he probably focused on what he thought was the most important. And I'm not saying you have to agree with, with you know, with what he thinks is important. But I will, I, I will argue that one of the views of one of the one of the arguments against WikiLeaks is that he was consistently targeting the U.S. And if you're only hitting us over and over and over again, it's going to be helping our adversaries. That's not true, though. They just don't get as much coverage. Right. You know, he's released all kinds of things from all all different nations all over the country. But we're not going to talk about those cables as much here. I mean, you can pull up WikiLeaks right now and type in any nation and you're probably going to find thousands of documents. Yeah. Um, it's It just depends what our media wants to cover. And our, our media isn't interested in things that are anti-war or things that, you know, make certain governments look bad. So, you know, you're, I think that people are blaming Julian for the failings of the media in, on that argument. Definitely. The, he's because the New York Times material. got us into the wars and, and other big mainstream outlets. They lied to us. Man, it, it's funny how a lot of my political views were shaped by growing up in the, in, during this time. And it's kind of crazy when I think about how much I don't know from even 10 years before I was born. Like the context of how the media operated. I wonder if I was 10 years older and I saw the flip, how it's like pro-war Democrat, then anti-war under Bush and then pro-war under Obama again. I would have been sort of insulated from seeing, you know, from believing that the Democrats had my best interest, that they really thought war was bad. Yeah. And then I learned the hard way. I, I love it. When I voted for Obama in 2008, I'm like smiling with my friends. And I was like, you know, I was, I was a skateboarder. I was kind of punk. I was kind of getting moving a little bit away from the far left. And then people were telling me, like, dude, Obama's not one of these establishment people. He's like an up and coming dude. He's a regular guy. And I'm like, cool. And I went in. I'm like, yeah, Obama. And then the first thing Obama does when he gets inaugurated is it, uh, um, I think it was an airstrike on a village killing women and children. And I was like, ah, like, wait a minute. What? What? You told me that was bad. They're like, no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. It's like, what do you mean it's good? You told me nonstop it was bad. I voted for this guy. These are hope and change drones. Oh, that's right. <laughs> The drone, the, the missile said hope, and the 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 the, the reaper said uh, hell uh, said hope, and the and the hellfire said uh, change. When um hope and change blew up those women and children. When they mm -hmm. got in, they did that let's move campaign. I don't know if you guys remember Michelle Obama had a let's oh, move yeah, campaign, the, and it was originally thing. about cutting sugar out of your diet and the sugar yeah. industry did not like that, so they got their fingers in there and then switched it and made it into an exercise campaign. 
That sugar wow. industry is insidious, man. It's one of the most addictive <laughs> drugs on earth. Sugar. And it's like the tobacco industry of the 70s selling, don't realize selling sugar to kids. All yeah. war, all conflict, all conspiracy. Sugar industry. <laughs> sugar. <laughs> Big sugar. I was wondering. There's like a, a guy selling candy canes with shifty eyes. You know how there's this military industrial complex that they built after World War II? Um, it was like the British and the English and the French just wanted to prevent World War III. I wonder if there's a Chinese military industrial complex that we don't hear anything about. Oh, yeah. Or if it's all one Dude, complex. Do you know the name of the Chinese state like spy agency? No. They just call it Beijing. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? That was, that was that was that was in a show. Someone was talking about it, but it's a good point. Like the CIA, the KGB, or what, what is what is the Russian thing now? FSB, I think. Yeah. Is that it? Like, is? I don't and they just know. say Beijing. I think it's like a Mission Impossible movie or something. Unless there actually is a name. I know they have like this this like the, they just call it like the State Ministry Ministry of like Service or something like that. But yeah, there definitely is. Uh, Trump was talking about this. Not not you got to admit, war is bad. But don't you love? Trump's blunt honesty on the stuff. Cause one of my all time favorite things Trump has ever done was when he walked up to the, the reporters and they're like, what's going on with this weapons deal? Oh, it's really great. We're giving all of these weapons to Saudi Arabia. We're going to make a lot of money, you know? And then all the anti-war people were like, I was horrified. He just, he just, but he just said it. Yeah. He just came out and admitted war profiteering essentially. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm like, but he also calls <laughs> out the military industrial complex. Like he's done it twice now in like solid. When he's terms. talking about Syria and he's like, I, you know what I love? I think he does it on purpose to, to get at them. Trump wanted to withdraw from Syria. Yeah. And they all started complaining. Oh no, oh no, the oil, the oil. So Trump left soldiers in and now he's just like, we're withdrawing our troops from Syria, but we're keeping the oil. So the soldiers are still there to guard the oil. That's what we're doing. But we're getting, a, I think he's saying it specifically as like a, that's what the U.S. is doing. Like, that's that's what they wanted. They complained when he wanted to get our troops out, and that's what we're there for. Uh, the oil and the hair with the poppy seeds, basically. In Afghanistan. Which how they make opium. Can't we can't grow poppy here. I don't know. What we, uh, lemon poppy muffins are fantastic. They're delicious. Yeah. yeah. Other yeah. than oil and poppy seeds, I don't know why we're over there. All right. Well, we got a bunch of super chats, but I got a question. Uh, what do you think is going to happen November 3rd? Oh, I think Trump's going to win. Easy. But you don't think they're cheating? Well, I mean, that's possible, but I also thought they were going to cheat in 2016 yeah. and he still won. Yeah, but look at all this mail-in voting stuff. It does feel like they're cheating. I mean, you're with me on election night. I, I think <laughs> I, awesome. I won the office pool because everybody <laughs> went for Hillary and I'm the one person over there. I walked in and they were all like, you're going to have such a bad night tonight. I'm so sorry. All condescending. And I was, I was <laughs> laughing. I was, I was laughing. I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't care. I was, I was just like, come uppance. Cause I was for Bernie and before, before you were for Trump, you were for Bernie. Mm -hmm. And so when I, I think Bernie sold out as of recent, but when they, they stole it from him. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm so over this. Obama, you know, tricked me. I felt duped by that. Then Bernie comes along and I'm like, all right, here's a guy's consistent. And then he's doing the same thing. The DNC steals it. When Hillary lost, I was just loving it. Yeah. I was laughing. They sent me home. They were like, you can go. <laughs> Just go. I was supposed to work until 3 a.m. So I took the pot money, like the office pool money, and yeah. went and bought a bottle of champagne at Trump Hotel just to, <laughs> to spend I, their money on I it. I remember <laughs> sitting there with you, and we were looking at the meter that was like 99% for Hillary, and it was slowly shifting. And you were like, you were starting to cry once it crossed 50%. And I started laughing. I'm like, wow, is this happening? And then I remember like everyone in the office, like all these liberals were glow. Like in the beginning, they were like being sassy and mocking Trump and laughing like, 
because Trump announced, like they announced he was going to sue Nevada or something. And there was that one guy goes like, oh, here it comes. And they're all laughing. And then when that New York Times meter started shifting towards Trump, the looks on their faces, their faces go white. All of a sudden, there are people, they're sweating. Yep. You're like almost laughing and crying tears of joy. And I'm just laughing. All these people <laughs> are like crying about it. And like, dude, why is your identity tied so much to this? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't this know. world is so beautiful. You and can vast. do so much without politics. Like, I there, don't know. I think it's pretty important this year. I agree. I'm just saying, like, I'll tell you what. If Trump loses, this is why I'm in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to take care of myself. It's funny because I'm, like, bordering on prepper. I got all this emergency food. To, they, be, on, to be honest, it's like hamburger helper kind of stuff. stuff. So it's good stuff, yeah. They sell prepper food at my country store, at the country store by my house. It's, like, uh-huh. the closest place to my house because I'm you really know, hey, deep out there. But s- Spam lasts for five years. <laughs> yeah. Luncheon meat. I'm vegetarian. You know? I got to do vegetarian oh, okay. prepping. Well, it's like uh, <laughs> chickpeas. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I think the world's going to end tomorrow. I'm just saying I think if Joe Biden wins, the erosion of civil liberties, the, the, the loss of ability to defend yourself, I think it's going to shift dramatically away from individual rights towards mob justice, morality policing, and identitarianism. So for me, you know, I think, uh, I, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. I want to live my life. I want to do my thing. That's who I am. I, I'm a skateboarder. Skateboarders are individualist for the most part. We, we, we do our thing. Just please let me live my life. And I think a lot of Americans feel that way. If Joe Biden wins, you will get the opposite of that. This guy who got indicted for defending his own himself from being attacked, the homeowners who are getting arrested, the mob will show up to your house and Joe Biden's going to be like, you know, the thing. So when, uh, so I'll, I'll address this one more time. Then we'll jump over to super chats to get people's comments and questions. You mentioned this is Trump's America, what's happening right now. It is. Well, these things, these things are happening in Democrat controlled places for the most part, not Republican controlled places. It is Trump's America, but Trump is taking a hard stance against it and offering up all of the resources at his disposal to shut it down. It's the best, it's the best he can do without the insurrection act. The Democrats are saying no and watching everything burn. Here's what, what scares me. If Joe Biden gets in, you think he'll offer up federal resources? No, he'll do what the Democrats are doing. He'll say the exact same thing they're saying. We support peaceful protests. That's right. Congratulations. I don't know. Um, you were, you covered Ferguson, same as I did. They sent in the National Guard and then everybody to shut that down. That was Obama who did that. And they didn't cry about it the way that they are with Trump. It, I think he'll do this. I think they'll do the same thing. If that's the case, then I will double down on voting for Trump because I do not vote based on threats. Yeah. If the argument is that once they get in power, then they'll agree to stop the riots. Then I'm going to say F you and I'm going to go vote for Trump. Right. And I think they've been doing that. I mean, look what they did with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. They were like, yeah, we're going to burn it down. Yeah. How, you know, Joe Biden's trying so hard to get away from the, from the riots. He's like begging. I'm not not about rights. I'm not about rights. And then Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes. And all of a sudden, all these leftists are like, we're going to destroy the country. And now Trump's going to have all of that, all of it. Yeah. And then they and they still and they're going out and rioting again. So I do I do think it's dumb when Trump says in Biden's America, this will happen. And I'm like, but it's happening now. Yeah, that's you know? my point. But, but I, I think it's I think it's fair. There's a possibility that once the Democrats get power, like Hillary Clinton said, remember, we can have civility once we've won. Mm. That's a threat. That is- you come to me and tell me to like, it's like this. If I'm sitting down and you, and you come to me and go, and if I'm sitting down and you walk up to me and say, keep sitting there, I'll stand up. Yeah. 
You tell me to, if I'm sitting down, you tell me to stand up, I'll say no and I'll cross my legs. Well, I, you know me, I'm a hermit. I do not like going out. I don't like leaving my house. I like to be at home doing nothing. But then as soon as I had to stay home and couldn't leave my house, I was like, I need to go to a bar. <laughs> so same. That's. Let's take some super chats. Uh, we went, we, we, I, I went a little bit long into 10 just because we had that first like 20 minutes of everything was broken oh, yeah. and so i'm like oh we'll just we'll you know we'll keep going hopefully it's working now i guess it's working right i think so <laughs> hopefully yeah chat seems so to be happy. uh we'll, we'll read some of the super chats there's probably going to be a lot uh that are saying you know it's broken or whatever so the first super chat we have from matthew hemmon says cassandra is great on camera and changed my mind on assange and snowden uh-huh. both must be pardoned non-political question what are your thoughts on microsoft buying bethesda Will you buy an Xbox Series X? No, and I'm really sad about Bethesda because I feel like the past few games have been kind of meh. Yeah. Well, I'm, actually, I mean, I'm really excited for the new Elder Scrolls. Uh, this is the first I've heard of this. So, I didn't know it was going to happen either. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been keeping up on that at all. I've been you know, counting down for Cyberpunk, so that's Cor- the only video game news I've been making attention to. Corporate conglomeration makes me a little nervous because you don't need a lot of money to make a great game, but Fallout 76 sucked yeah it did all right let's see uh colin p says youtube sent david pacman a cake for reaching 1 million subs why didn't you get a cake tim cake gate <laughs> i didn't get a cake didn't. i did get one of those big golden award things and my second channel is like 50k subs away from another million so Maybe they'll send you a cake you know what um congrats to david pacman he's uh he, he does hard work and he's got a he's got a great show and i'll bring you best. over a cake you'll, you'll, you'll have a, I, I don't want to eat cake man Shout um, out to David Pacman. How'd you get that cake, man? To David? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got to be honest. What kind of cake was it? They could, yeah, they could, they, they could send me like a nice array of flavored meats. Oh, you now we're talking. Yeah. So like, I, you know, we had the exotic jerky for the show for a while. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't have it here now, but we have like alligator and like ostrich and stuff. Oh, so I if YouTube wants to send me some like ostrich jerky or like kangaroo or something, you know. Don't eat kangaroos. They're so cute. <laughs> they're They ripped. carry their babies. Or- oh, oh, you're terrible. <laughs> we have vegan jerky. We have vegan jerky. I love vegan jerky. Yeah, I'll the eat primal strips all day. The mushroom one is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like some. Here we go. We got some more here. Six Humper Tyrannus says, Dems rhetoric is pushing civil war. Don't pop that cork for there won't be any ROEs for, for you to hide behind from men like me. We will defend our family, country, and freedom to the death from anyone. I got to say, man, I think conservatives really do overestimate their ability to win a civil war. I'm I was very confident uh, about three months ago, and now I'm very concerned because the police keep following orders to arrest business owners and people in their own homes. And it's like with the right always says the police and the military will side with us, but they're not. And it just depends on if they're in a Democrat city or a Republican city. And what happens when... The, and who's giving the... What happens when all the tech infrastructure shuts down for all the conservatives? Yeah. What happens when every single TV in the country, they go on the air and it's Joe Biden giving an address saying Donald Trump has lost the election and is now trying to stage a coup when in fact Trump won? Right. People are going to be like, Biden Biden won. He, he said it. I believe it. And that's it. Get I'm your sorry. ham radios now, ladies and gentlemen. I think yep. out here we could hold our own for a while. I mean, they talk about Antifa coming into my neighborhood at the country store and stuff. And they're like, we're waiting. We're ready. We're locked and loaded. I don't think Bring it on. No, they yeah. wouldn't. But um, we, we should all avoid civil war. Yeah. It could go on for like 12 years. It could be the most 
destructive, bloody devastation. It could be, it and could then, be permanent. And then another country could come in and take over our country in the middle of it. Like, yeah, China. I wouldn't be opposed to a peaceful separation, though. I think it's a bad idea. I think just because we have, you know, the progressives make up like 8 to 10% of the country. Mm. You have regular liberal, liberals who aren't paying attention. I swear, man. I, I, I've mentioned this several times, but I, I had a long two-hour conversation with a friend of mine who's very progressive. And we were talking about, you know, she doesn't want to vote for Biden because she hates him, but she won't vote for Trump. And I said, I'm going to vote for Trump. And then she mentioned something about he's inciting the violence. He's making it worse. And she said, look at Kyle Rittenhouse, a white supremacist who like goes to this place to like kill peaceful protesters. And I was like, no, no, I got suspended no. from Twitter for saying that he did nothing wrong. And he's not been convicted of a we're crime. We're screwed. <laughs> right. So, so here, exactly. That's, that's, that's my point. I was like, people like my friend don't know. They haven't seen the videos. They haven't looked at the evidence, but the progressives are manipulating them. Yeah. And the progressives are a tiny fraction. We cannot give up New York simply because progressives are manipulating the media. And I think maybe they're probably thinking the same thing about Biden. But if there's a Trump landslide on par with Reagan, just like, you know, 49 states or whatever, maybe that'll finally shock all of these businesses. Hey, you're going to lose money. You're going to shut down. You can't do this. The problem is how many of the cultists work within these companies already and can use existing law against them? Yeah. Civil rights law exists and can be weaponized. We got a super chat here from DJ Zeno. He says, holy crap, Tim, I feel your frustration with the tech. Legit watching your concentration face <laughs> made me think of myself running the entirety of the assemblies of my high school. 2,000 kids. Name's Gavin. I work in SMT in Seattle. Use, uh, use this for cables. We'll get it fixed. It is what it is. These things happen. Thanks, Gavin. Jerry Kent says, there's no other podcast I'd rather watch Troubleshoot. How awesome <laughs> was that? William Mazak says, as much as the Trump supporter in Portland should have let everyone know how F, uh, should have known how F this is, Jake Gardner is my last stand. Never forget Jake Gardner. It's a sad story, man. It's terrible. Keckman says, here's some money so your business succeeds. If you can, in any way possible, tell Joe to have Trump. No matter if Joe buy, then doesn't show up. Trump must show. Also, I used to be a teacher and not all are leftists, radicals. Some want to teach the right way, but they are trying to stop us. Yeah, I think that's that's probably true. You guys think Rogan will have Trump on? Have you talked to him about it at all? Um, I don't know. You should. You should yeah. definitely push that. On that, I never. I'm not gonna. I like, yeah, don't do that for real. But yeah, Joe, have him on, man. That's the, gonna be the bombest. Absolutely. Did you? They mentioned teachers. Did you hear about the school teacher who got suspended? I believe he got suspended or fired for assigning a homework paper where they had to pick a hero. And one of the options was Kyle Rittenhouse. The others were like George Jake. Floyd. His right, exactly. His yeah, it was both. It was like, it was, you know, there was a political divide here. Yeah. You can't even have a debate in your classroom anymore. Nope. It's yep. one side and that's it. And then there wasn't, wasn't didn't a teacher say she wished Trump supporters would all die of COVID or something and they got suspended? Yeah. It happens sometimes to these leftists, but the, the problem, as I mentioned, with like the valve that it only ratchets towards the left is that. They have to make a big leap before it shocks the system. And so long as they keep clicking one at a time, it just keeps getting worse and they get away with it yeah. to the point where like Antifa can go around and the media won't talk about it. Yeah. Like they go around beating people and starting fires and, and they're the good guys. And the news cycle moves so fast. I mean, Jessica Whitaker was murdered for saying all lives matter. And we only talked about her for two weeks oh, and everybody right. moved on because I mean, the news but, cycle just it's you can't it's, keep it's, up. It's not even that the, the mainstream media didn't care about her. That's true. So, so for those that aren't familiar, she said all lives matter. Someone said black lives matter. They shot and killed her mm -hmm. and they were walking away. 
Yeah. Where was that? She was New York Times mom. will talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Fox News barely even mentioned it. When was that and where was that? It was in India, Indianapolis. Um, this is what, India? a month ago? No, Indianapolis. Yeah. I have uh, aligners in <laughs> and it's really hard to talk. Right, you just got your wisdom teeth out? <laughs> well, I got them out a while ago, but it made my teeth shift. So I finally caved and got like the clear braces. Wow. And I can't speak properly. How long will you wear them? Uh, 12 weeks. And tomorrow will be five weeks. Has it altered your diet at all? Yeah, because it's pain to take them out and put them back in and brush your oh. teeth and do the whole thing. So. Just well, eat less or something? Yeah. I'm going to lose some weight, hopefully. Yeah, do it's like fasting. a twofer. <laughs> so we have, we, have, we have a self-defense post here. Bear Post says, please give half to charity. Legally, you have to save your own life and retreat. The bedroom door locked is fine. They break in, you shoot. I'm sure there might be different, you know, things for different states, but. And also, if you haven't already, smash the like button and subscribe. And uh, you want to mention your, your Twitter handle real quick? It's Cassandra Rules. Um and I write for Gateway Pundit, and I have a website, District Herald, that I'm going to start using a little more frequently. And we're going to be hanging out a lot more because now we're far away, but closer than we were before. Yeah. So, and we're, and you know, I, I wish I could pan one of the cameras, show you like, oh, the, I know the ladder. Go on Tim's bar. Instagram because he has a shot of the uh, right, not of the shots. chaos over there, but a nice, nice wide view of the. We're building it tomorrow. Yeah. We'll get all the sound working properly. It, it's, I guess we're 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 okay for now. Hopefully. I mean, I can't, I can't believe you guys got this done as quickly as you did. I was over here and it was just like a plain room. It was an empty room. Yeah. 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 And like, I'm, I'm so surprised. Andy's the walls were just regular walls and now it's just really cool, like wood or whatever. And you mm -hmm. can't see what's behind me, but it's, it's really amazing stuff. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I, it was, it was, uh, it was Andy. It's yeah. another guy, guy who did all the work. One guy did all this in a day. It's like, he's talk magic. about skilled, man. And he's a drummer. Yeah. Rock on. Deweed says this year has definitely strengthened our 2A rights guaranteed. I absolutely think that's the case. 100%. Another other man says, I'm not going to foolishly believe they are stupid. You know, these people are in it to watch the world burn. If Trump gets in, they have carte blanche permission to openly rebel considering how they started, how they, how they stacked the deck. Yeah. Somebody mentioned there's a 4,000 Hertz hum in the background. At nine, so it's probably still there. What can we do about it? Take, oh. you, you, you notice anything? Yeah, no. Take three. Tylenol says fastest move. Ha! I out processed, deep cleaned, and moved out of uh, out of on base housing over three days. Wow. Terry S says, "Hey Tim, keep your eyes on Louisville. All all federal courthouse have been closed, and the LMPD has canceled all days of and already blocking roads off. They um." They declared a state of emergency preemptively because they have an Whoa. announcement coming up in the Brianna Taylor case. I was tweeting about this right before I came over here, but what's the break? What's do you, do you know the update's going to be? Mm -hmm, but I if think they're the doing this, yeah, I mean, information came out that apparently Brianna was connected to the drug dealer. Is that? Did you see that? I saw bits of it, but yeah. I've been I'm all all over the place lately. So, Rubatano says, I don't know. About there, but here in Minnesota, duty to retreat dictates you you must retreat if safe to do so. If you are at a door with family or friends inside, you do not have to retreat from that position because it could put them in danger. Interesting. Mm -hmm. J-Mac says, it's not Trump's America. It's America's America. We live in a republic and the, and the citizens of these states need to make a change. Either vote out these toxic politicians or make enough noise so they are forced to listen. Keep the Fed in check. Well, the left, I think, wants to totally federalize. 
They want to just erode the concept of the state. They want national popular vote voting, which then means this massive country of 50 different states will be beholden to Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York. Yeah. That's not going to be fun. No, that'd be mob rule because you could make right. an internet video that goes viral and then everyone would vote for it the next day. It'd be yep. crazy. That's why people, they, they don't realize the states vote for the president. Yeah. They don't like it. They don't understand how it works. And I think a lot of them are just dumb and just do whatever they're told, basically. Yeah, I've had a lot of democracy versus republic debates in the past couple of days. <laughs> I used to be a hardcore, like, true democracy, like, Mob majority vote. Yeah, and then yeah. I realized how one dangerous. One person, one vote. No, that I'm not. The, that was the motto. No, yeah. I am not either. Trust me. <laughs> but the representatives sometimes can be such morons. So it's like, how that's... That's yeah. a like they're That's in there for the years. If you make the wrong move, they're in there for two years. I mean, you can get them out, I guess, with a referendum, right? I don't think that people, I don't, know. I don't think voters take voting seriously enough. I think it was Socrates who said that voting was a skill and it had to be learned and you had to study and really understand your civic duty and your options. And I don't think people do that anymore. They just like see a meme and they're like, oh, orange man bad or, yep. oh, Biden is actually the real KKK or whatever. You know, it's, it's people have very like uh, petulant political views now. I bet. Yeah. And it's dangerous. It would be very cool to have in schools, like in first, second, third grade, little like vote where they vote for a representative. Of we did that. Of I did that in second grade. Oh, yeah. And there's it was model great. UN and there's class president. And they, you know, I, I was talking to a family member once. I don't think they do that anymore, by the way. Probably not. They didn't do it for my daughter. So I was talking to, I was, I was, I was out to eat with some, with some extended family. It was, um, a cousin of mine and her entire family. And they were like, you're doing news. It's really awesome. Congratulations. It was years ago. And their daughter, who was like, you know, 13 or 14 was just like not paying attention. And they made a joke about how she didn't care about news. And I was like, I can make her understand and, and care about news. And they laughed and she was like, no, you can't. And I was like, well, I'll put it this way. I was like, think of like, you're, you're, in, you're in high school now. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, who's like the worst person, you know, in school. And she was like, ah, uh, and then she like said a name and I was like, okay, now imagine the school came and told them they get to make the rules for you. And she went, <gasps> and I was like, that's politics. So we're all adults and there's these really awful people we know, and they're making the rules for us. And we're like, oh, <gasps> just like you just did. And she was like, oh, and I'm like, so that same way you care about like the people in your class and how they mess with you and, and like lie about you. Imagine like we feel the same way about the people in our class, but our class is like our jobs and our, and our, and our local council meetings and stuff like that. You'd be a good dad. And Tim. like, it was a good, she likes it. She, she got it. And I'm like, you're not going to care that I'm talking about war, but you understand the concept of someone being given power at your school who's like a really bad person. And there you go. Welcome to politics. Nice. When you're older, You'll be looking at it the exact same way, but it'll be different subject matter. We got a question for Cassandra. Crescent says, question to Cassandra Fairbanks. If Tulsi Gabbard is anti-war, why does she endorse Joe Biden? Conversely, why hasn't she praised President Trump for peace deals, not starting any new wars and withdrawing troops? Curious. I think she has, hasn't she? Uh, I, she may have. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I, I want to say that she has praised Trump when he's been when he's done things oh, that oh were yeah good. she she voted in favor of his move yeah to pull the truth and out everybody was losing their minds because she sided with trump three democrats and eight republicans she also went on tv i think it was msnbc too the day that julian assange was arrested and lobbied for him to be immediately released she she really goes against the grain they lost out she's yep, awesome because i think she understands what regular like if, if they listened to her she, she she i i think in a lot of ways she's 
she's not exactly what I've envisioned for the perfect candidate. Right. Uh, I think if, if you took Donald Trump and you toned it down, cleaned it up, then you would have a landslide no matter what. No one could stop him. But uh, and, and I think Trump supporters need to heed this warning because Trump really does put his foot in his mouth a lot. And regular people, as much as they like what he does, do complain about his constant behavior and his insults and the attacks and the mudslinging. Those are my favorite parts. <laughs> that's why Trump has the really hardcore vocal base where they love that he goes after and he yeah. he's basically fighting for you. But there, there are a lot of people, probably the silent majority, who won't speak up and defend him because deep down they're like, oh, I can't believe he's doing it again. But I'll take it. I'll take what that, I can that's get. That's exactly you know? in my boat. Yeah. Because when he yeah. says stuff like, if you burn the flag, you should get a year in prison. That yeah. stuff makes no. me not want to mm-hmm. vote for him. Makes me dislike him and think he's like ignorant. And, and, but I still can't vote for Biden. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine a world with that you know, guy. My favorite analogy was, uh, uh, Bridget Fetessy's article where someone sent her an email saying, I feel like I'm drowning. And in order to stay afloat, I have to grab onto this giant floating turd. And I know Trump supporters don't feel that way because Trump, like to his base, he really is like the perfect candidate in a lot of ways. I don't necessarily agree because I think the Middle Eastern peace deals and withdrawing troops is not a floating turd. It's like a floating cupcake. It's yeah. like drowning and seeing a lifeboat. And I'm going, yes. And the lifeboat, the lifeboat has weird, crazy, like 80s style tiger print. And it's like weird looking. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It's a life raft. Yeah. If it ends the wars, if it gets our troops back, count me in. Yeah. I mean, like I've said, I'm really unhappy with what he's doing with Julian. But at the same time, I don't have that many complaints about him either. I And you got to think about America first. Um, so, yeah, I yep. I, I don't hate him. I, I want to be madder than I am about a lot of things. And it's just like, man, he's bringing troops home. And- I don't. I don't understand how there is a counter to the idea of America first. Like it's a bad thing. Yeah. I'm not a staunch nationalist. Like, you know, I don't even, have you guys taken the eight values test? No. You, you have? Yeah. I'm, I'm like leaning towards, uh, like I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm like very in the middle between international and national. Cause I believe in like international cooperation, working with our allies. But the idea that we as taxpaying citizens would be beholden to other people before ourselves is ridiculous. The Flint crisis is still happening. Right. We've never fixed the pipes in Flint. Certainly, we as a wealthy nation could figure out how to spend a tiny amount of money relative to our our GDP to fix those pipes. There are rich people who are fighting, you know, and paying to get uh, get all taken care of. But we've successfully been in war for two decades. We can't fix our own roads and bridges. That's how Trump won me over. I remember the exact moment. And I'd hung out with Noam Chomsky that day in Boston, which is ironic as heck. But I read a quote from him and he said, we're building schools in Iraq and it gets blown (laughs) up and we build another one and it gets blown up and we can't build a school in Brooklyn. At what point do we say we need to focus on America first? And I was like that. You nailed it. You're, you're, I'm voting for you. I bought a Trump hat and I was like, we're done here. You're my candidate. You know, it was for me. I was just like, I'm not getting fooled again. In yeah. 2016, I'm like, he can say what he wants. I don't care. Obama was all a hope and change. Nah. Um, but then even though I said I didn't want to vote for Trump, he started doing things that made me want to vote for him. Yeah. Like Middle Eastern peace deals. Like he, he, he look at, listen, he could go on Fifth Avenue and start saying every possible insult to every person walking by him. He can call them all fat pigs. He can spin on the ground and stomp around and scream. And if he gets Middle Eastern peace, I'm going to be like, that's my president. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, he, the I mean, North Korea wasn't anything to sneeze at either. Like, yeah. he's done that some good amazing. work. He was you so know, nice to him. Yeah. That reminds me of, uh, I made a post today. It's really sad. 
someone tagged me on Facebook. They said, remember, remember what Vice used to be? Vice Media, because now it's all just, yeah, like, you know, hardcore. And someone tagged me in it, and the comment was from someone saying their North Korea coverage was incredible. And I actually field produced a, a uh, the motorcycle, the, 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 um, the North Korean motorcycle diaries. I didn't go to North Korea. I went to New Zealand and interviewed these people who had driven their motorcycles from North through South Korea. Those are the days. Those are the days when you could talk about this effort to go, th- like what they did was, I, I think was a really great thing. But people were critical to an extent because they were like, it's propaganda for the North. But for the most part, we could have that conversation. Under Donald Trump, he walked into North Korea with no security in a dramatic and, and, and um, incredible symbol of trust with the North Koreans. They could have snatched him up and ran away with him. But Trump walked in with no security and they walked back. And that is the first thing we need. We need a, a chance. We need trust. And they attacked him for it. Yeah. And they still do. And I'm just like, oh, you people are insane. It's another effort to show we can trust each other. Because right now, they're pointing guns at each other. Trump walking over there, unarmed, no security. He's saying, we're not fighting. I trust you. And they smiled and they walked him back. What does the media do? Insult him all day and night. Yeah. There won't be peace if the media keeps doing this. That's how they make money, though. I know. They're getting crazy traffic right now. Yep. <laughs> if all it right, bleeds, let's do, uh, it bleeds. <laughs> We'll do, uh, we'll do a couple more Super Chats, but uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Parlor at TimCast. Check out my other YouTube channels. That's YouTube.com slash TimCast slash TimCastNews. This channel is IRL, and we have the podcast up on all podcast platforms. You can follow Ian. Yeah, follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Mines, and uh, Twitch TV, Twitch.tv slash Ian Crossland. So at Ian Crossland on yeah, all the platforms. Yeah, just at Ian Crossland everywhere. At Cassandra Rules. Yes. And that's C-A-S-S-A-N-D-R-A, right? Yep. I, I sometimes put an O in there and I'm like, do I know how you spell Cassandra's name? And that's like a double well, entendre. Well, it's because you pronounce right? it right, at least. Most it's, people don't pronounce it right. It's Cassandra, <laughs> your rules, and you rule. Oh, yeah. Well, I, there was some inside joke when I made it, but it was eight years ago or something, it's and it's funny. not relevant to today. Well, I, I'm just I, I have to say, <laughs> I have to interject, we do have a camera for Lydia, but her microphone didn't work, so you can follow at Sour Patch Lids <laughs> as well, Sour Patch L-Y-D-S, because she's here, still producing, but the mics and the cameras, you know, didn't, you know whatever, so uh, we'll get it all fixed by next time. We're going to be back at the original studio again tomorrow, and uh, I don't think I'm going to announce who's coming on anymore, because we've had two cancellations, and I just feel bad for letting people down. Yeah. So we'll just have magical people show up. And we'll you hang just out. call me whenever, and I'll swing by with some pizza. Yeah, you should definitely we'll come down. Whole, I'll, I'll, I mean, you you write a tons of t- tons of stories. You know so much about what's going on. Just come on by, and we'll 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 have you here all the time. So let's just take a couple more uh, super chats then, and also make sure to subscribe, smash the like button. Nick Lintz says, "How many times do we need to see swamp creatures telling lies today that contradict their past lies? Term limits. Why doesn't Trump make this an issue? Majority of both parties support, doesn't he?" Didn't Trump say term limits? I think he in did. Second, agenda? But second term agenda? Yeah, he mentioned it's that. It's been off. Like, I haven't heard any talk about it. That was part it. of his big announcement of like 20 points or something. Uh. Elias the Aquanaut says, Tim, please tell my friend Casey why you were voting Trump as true liberal this year. Love you, man. Three historic peace agreements. Um, Kosovo, Serbia, Bahrain, Israel, UAE, Israel. I, I got to say, man, the idea that these Arabic nations would recognize the existence of Israel is profound. It's, it's incredible. Normalized relations, trade. This is how you begin the process of peace and stabilization in the Middle East. Will it hold forever? I don't know. I hope so. But Trump, man, he gets he gets all of my, you know, like buttons and all that for all that stuff. 
calling out the riots, trying to stop the riots. That's big. Whether or not he's been successful, he's the only one standing up against them. While the Democrats, while Joe Biden's staff literally uh, bailed these people out, while Kamala Harris solicited donations for these people. And I, I think, look, there is an element of Joe Biden is really, really dangerous. He, he reads a teleprompter. He doesn't speak for himself. I have no idea what he's all about or what he wants. Kamala Harris is, is insane. Kept people in prison beyond their terms uh, for cheap labor because they didn't want to let him out because they needed someone to fight fire, uh, fight, fight wildfires. I think that's what it was, right? Yeah. That's, that's, like that. that's like, that's slavery. That's like, we could, I think they were eligible for parole and they're like, but wait, don't let them out because then who will fight the fires for a dollar <laughs> an hour? Yeah. And she's running for office right now. So no. Dude, when she was up against uh, Biden, was like, it was a debate. I she know. just trashed him yeah. in the uh, <laughs> in the Democratic primaries. Just, and now she's just smiling and acting like his friend. They're just all so awful. It's, Look, Trump is is, is, is no debate. saint. He is. But I, I think I can put it this way. On paper, we had a great economy. I don't trust Joe Biden to fix the economy. I think Trump is the only, Trump is best equipped for fixing the economy. And he's ending all these wars, like, or he's ending the, the wars in the Middle East, bringing our troops back, and they're resisting him. You know what, man? I'll take what I can get. I think what Trump is doing in these capacities are good things. I'm not voting for the lesser of two evils. Part of me is voting against Biden, identitarianism, and this establishment. Like, Joe Biden represents the establishment of 47 years that created the systemic race and these people are complaining about. Trump's been in office for 3.7 years or not. I mean, you know, something like that, like not even four years. And they're blaming him for all this stuff. No, look, I'll tell you what, man, at the very least, there's one simple thing. Trump is not the establishment. If he wins again, it will crush and end the establishment. And then after that, there will be hopefully real populist candidates, a new a new system where people actually are paying attention and the old guard will finally be gone. This is their last ditch effort. Joe Biden It's the best they could muster. Let him lose. Let them walk off into the into the sunset and walk slowly and blissfully into the ocean and just walk deeper and deeper and then be gone from the rest of us. And then we'll we'll find out ways to move past Trump. But I can't believe people predicate their entire identities on Trump as if the world is going to end because of one guy. The government is more than Trump. We okay. need better technology. I mean, candidates aside, we need like a technological revolution because yeah. this riding on oil and wiring is not not sustainable for much longer nuclear energy yeah of course geothermal yeah. we got fission we got, fusion graphene we'll take uh we'll take one more it's for you cassandra uh question for cassandra from my understanding you know michelle malkin do you think it was wrong for her to be fired by yaf exiled uh politically for refusing to uh for refusing condemning nick fuentes Absolutely. What what happened? One hundred percent. What I don't know. I don't know the whole story. Oh boy. <laughs> well, we don't have too much time. So. <laughs> well, basically, Nick Fuentes, controversial right wing uh, podcaster, YouTube, or I guess he's on D Live now, not YouTube, but he's very populist, nationalist, uh, America first. But he's controversial. He's made some controversial statements. Michelle refused to disavow him, said that she didn't want to disavow anybody. She didn't want to disavow anybody who puts America first or aligns with her on her core issues, which are immigration and, um, you know, America first nationalist populist ideology. And so, uh, the young, what are they called? YAF and yeah, all these America people, they ditched her as a speaker. She'd been speaking there for years. And they were basically like, you're, you're not disavowing this person. So you're bad, you're canceled by, and then they hold like cancel con and all these festivals, like pretending that they're against cancel culture, 
but they don't put their money where their mouth is. And I adore Michelle Malkin and I will stand with her every day. Is there really a thing called cancel con? Yeah, it was really bad. It was like a live stream <laughs> thing. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. Um, well, well, there you go, I guess. That was the, the last uh, question we'll, we'll take, I guess, because we, uh, we have to now drive for several hours back to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not but then go. we're we're gonna we're gonna come back and and the next time we're we're like ninety I, w- I would say based on where we're at so far it sounds like we're really close to getting everything done we just need someone to spend a day now troubleshooting and I thought we were good but it was yikes up until the last so minute. Um, once again uh, make sure you subscribe hit the like button hit the notification bell the show is live Monday through Friday at eight p.m. tomorrow we'll be live this time with no problems because we'll be in the original studio unless some weird thing happens and also that studio breaks I have no idea and there it's will like be magic. kitties. The cats, uh, but, but then, the but then the cats are coming here, and I don't think we're gonna allow the cats into the studio though. Aww, it's really funny when the cats jump up on the tables. <laughs> do you do you think that is a, a we should keep the cats? I, I'm pretty down for cats hopping. They like around. just they'll like. <laughs> It's usually Bucko. He just jumps up on the table and like tries yeah. to steal people's water. I'll have two water. And then you're like fighting with a jar while you're trying to talk and explain. <laughs> well, you got to bring issue. out the cats when you have a really important thing that you want people to hear. It's like Banksy said. <laughs> Banksy painted a wall, uh, painted a cat on a wall in the middle of all this dev- devastation, destruction, and everybody's like, "Why did you paint that cat?" I have a tattooed on me. <laughs> but uh, people look at it. He was like, because people on the internet only look at cats and porn or something like that <laughs> and so he painted a cat so people would listen and i think it's a good strategy to have some cats roaming around sounds good all right and we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll let them do their thing um all right then well cassandra thanks for hanging out thanks for and, having uh, me yeah, sorry we'll for you, rambling no way man that was awesome so the, the next time you know you, you come over like usually what um i tried to do is have like a bunch of stories from the day that we like go through but we were so just like everything was broken. I was like, just press record. I don't know. Just go live. We'll just talk. I don't know. Whatever. So, but the next time we'll, we'll just like, we'll talk about your stories more. We'll like go through segments and stuff. And, uh, and then by then Lydia will have a working mic and camera, uh, working, you know, so you'll be able to hear her again and we'll get through all the issues. But, uh, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. We'll have clips up throughout the day and we will see you all then.